0: your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of
1: feathery brethren, weather in any season. To see the eagles eating teams like scrammies topped with cheese it's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time
0: for some juice on some Birds with f- Friends. The early bird gets the worm but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds f- with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with
2: steps Things flapping their wings, you know, they can be like bathing suits. What they, you know, what <laughs> finish it up.
3: Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the
2: hell? Uh, what, what they show is, is revealing, but what they conceal was vital, right? So, <laughs> hello, everybody,
1: from beautiful Mobile, Alabama. This is Burns with Friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here, Sheila Kapadia back home, Marissa home as well, preparing for the most important event of the NFL calendar, of course, the pending nuptials. But, Sheila, everybody wants to know, uh, a very busy news day in the National Football League. You are our senior league-wide correspondent. How are you?
4: I'm good. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. I went out to play with the uh, with the girls for a little bit in the afternoon, and I come back in, and the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit had uh, that news had broken, which I'm sure we'll get to here in a little bit. You've got the games coming off a weekend in which Andy Reid, man, whew, mm. five losses as a favorite in the championship game, nine wow. appearances in the championship game and one super bowl uh to show for it so we can get to some of that if you would like to i've got some uh, random odds and ends which i think happen every time you know, around this time of year, the season starts to wind down, and you know there are some things in your life you kind of look at and have questions on. So we can get to some of those <laughs> if you want as well. And then uh, I don't, I don't know if you just said this or not. I wasn't listening. But to take people behind the curtain, you guys have already. I, I like doing this. I don't like deceiving the listener. You guys have already recorded the second half of this podcast in which you talk about the actual prospects at the Senior Bowl. So I don't know this one. This uh, I hope this doesn't go too long, but this could be a long episode.
1: It could be. We we will get into uh, the six quarterbacks who are down here in Mobile and some other players at various positions who have popped for us a little bit. And uh, Zach concludes the episode with a bombshell of an answer that I think will be worth uh, your wait. But uh, other than that, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the Eagles who are here. Some of the Eagles stuff uh, that's going on down here. We'll maybe we'll maybe get into uh, Brandon Brooks' retirement, which we haven't touched on yet. And then, uh, yes, I think we will talk about. The Brian Flores situation and also the retirement of uh, Mister Kiss the Ring himself. Zach, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. I uh, and like I said in the later portion of the podcast. I enjoy being on the road, face to face interaction with people, uh, watching football in person, talking to players, talking to different people. So it's it's uh, it's it's nice, given these past few years, to have. The closest, you know, to normalcy that we've had in a long time. Uh, now, Bo, you you called
4: yes. me earlier. Uh, you know, I know you Flex, you were in the car,
1: right? You said true. Yes. And On we' way was... back to the hotel from the practice.
4: Now, Zach, you—I didn't hear you yelling in the car or any, now. So we
2: covered this on the uh, uh, the later portion of we do of the discuss podcast. our our, yeah. our separate hotel arrangement once again.
4: Uh, well, I need to get listen. I need to understand <laughs> what. So, am I to understand that Zach was not in the car with you?
2: Yeah. So I, I'll I'll give the Cliff Notes version here. Bo and I wanted to. Stay in the same hotel. This, there will this be there not, will be a,
1: a very no. in depth discussion about yes, this exactly. later in the episode.
4: Okay, give me yeah. the cliff notes, and then I need to get it's, my fire off my take. Okay. Or do you want me to just listen to it and then fire can, off my take I'll, next I'll just episode? Give it, it's
2: it's a supply, mm-hmm. supply and demand issue here. That uh, when we were booking, there really there's not that many rooms in downtown Mobile. Bo was able to secure one. I was not, so I I was in a a less desirable location to begin with, and logistically you know, we were 15, 20 minutes away, not by choice, but just by sheer availability of rooms. So you, so you each had to rent a car? Oh yeah. my
4: gosh,
1: this is, I mean. We got in at different times is, to say nothing of the COVID. Is
4: the camaraderie uh, here?
3: on. It, we got had Mobile, dinner together Alabama. last night, just the two of us. I you've mean, got, to, you've not, got to listen to the like later it. It's not like one point, of you is in say. San
4: Francisco and the other is in Los <laughs> Angeles. I mean, nothing is that far. I've driven the streets of Mobile, Alabama. Nothing is really that far away. I mean, are you staying in like New Orleans or Pensacola? Or
2: something, Again,
1: Zach? once again, you've never been a beat writer during COVID times, okay? There's,
2: no, this wasn't even protocol. like like. But I look, I I can easily <laughs> defend the, this.
4: What, what is it that, that was the New York Mets thing you always say, Zach? Yeah, no, what? but this is not
2: like Bo and I are actually spending a lot of time together on this trip, okay?
3: More like not in a bad life. way. Yeah, it's too no, much. It sounds.
2: Yeah, no, not in a bad way. Like we're we're together at meals. We're together at yeah. to practice. Um, it. It's it's purely a logistical thing, and and by the way, from like a a ride sharing perspective, Mobile's not like the it's it's it's, it's, it's not Manhattan. Okay, so uh, where I was staying, um, you you basically need that. It, it's it it actually makes more sense to have a car than to rely on a ride share. The ride share would would be like it, it'd be a preposterous amount of money by the end of the week. Mm, my goodness. Yes. Well, uh, just so
4: the listeners know, uh, I booked my combine hotel first and I texted both of these gentlemen, uh, with the exact dates I was staying, the location. And so we will all be staying at the same hotel as I try to build up sort of the chemistry, <laughs> the camaraderie of this podcast, Wait, of this beat. So that will be the number one storyline in Indianapolis. No, I, so I month. just,
2: you did do that and I immediately booked, uh, so and you guys got be better rates place. than I did, but but I I, I do want to say in our defense, <laughs> Bo and I did the same exact thing when I uh, determined that I was I was I was going to go to the Senior Bowl as opposed to uh, the Pro Bowl. Uh, I, I we were trying to coordinate staying in the same hotel, and there simply there was not supply for where we wanted to stay. It it, it was it was that simple, or at least. Supply at, at, at the rates that the company could pay for. Okay. Like it's, it's that simple. Hmm.
3: Um, yeah.
0: I,
1: promised, uh, I promised my son that um, on the next podcast I would talk about Bruno. Um, so I'd like to say that uh, Bruno uh, has long hair. He uh, loves his family. He can see the future. And uh, overall, a good guy. Just to get that out there. Okay. We don't talk about Bruno, but uh, he tells me that I am allowed to talk about Bruno in my job. So there you go.
4: And you can see my daughter's rendition of a little Bruno on my uh, Instagram feed at Shield Capadia. Okay, absolutely
1: let's delightful. Move on. Okay, uh, let's get to uh, the Eagles' scene down here, and it's it's interesting. Um, you know, it's not always the same. Sometimes the Eagles send uh, a big crew down here. Sometimes they send more of a skeleton crew, just the scouts. Obviously, they have three first round picks. Uh, in their coffer for this draft cycle and four in the first uh, 50 picks. This is a big draft. This is a big offseason. And so, uh, Zach, why don't you set the scene for who is down here? Who is down here in Mobile uh,
2: from the Eagles? Uh, So the Eagles have a large contingent here. Howie Roseman, the general manager. Nick Sirianni, the head coach. Howie, who does not always come he does not yeah, correct and now in the past they were putting together uh their coaching staff but even in other years he was not always down here so 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 you are correct there um jeff stoutland the offensive line coach uh from my understanding there are a number of other eagles uh coaches here i you know i i only on the sideline was able to ID, ID, ID stoutland they they were sitting in some other areas um and then I think both, uh, I think all three coordinators are here. Uh, obviously the scouts are here. Um, and, and, you know, different personnel executives, but one Catherine notable Raich is in, is in town, uh, but one notable person on the sideline, uh, is, was Julian, Laurie, Julian, Laurie, the, the son of Eagles owner, Jeffrey, Laurie, uh, who as uh, we've written about and, and, and as Shield wrote about in his profile of Jeffrey a few years ago. And, um, you know, I, I I've written about in previous stories of Jeffrey that uh, it's no secret he's 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 next in line to take over the team one day, and uh, as he's getting older here, he's taking a more um, active role, or, or I I I, sh- I shouldn't say active role. He's he's uh, learning based on some things that I was able to, to uh, gather here. He's observing things more and more. You know, he 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 uh, he did a a rotational. Um, job in the league office which is which is where you you learn different things with the league so uh from my understanding there's not an official role at the moment but he's 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 kind of learning the entire operation
1: well and interesting that he was on the sideline and not just sort of in the box with the rest mm-hmm. of uh, some of the other uh front office or or scouting types he was he was on the sideline with with Howie and Nick and and stoutland um, obviously that is. That uh, like that is the, uh, the the highest level that he could be uh, mingling with, I guess. As he as he observes the the pre draft process, Jeffrey said in two thousand
4: nineteen, uh, he's way more prepared than I ever was because he's living it since he was a little boy. He's very analytical about every decision we make. We discuss every team and every aspect of it. He loves the Eagles and he loves the NFL, so it's a wonderful situation for me as a father. At that point, uh, Julian was in that that rotational program that uh, Zach mentioned. What well, what what a what a spot to be, sort of learning the ropes to become an NFL owner.
1: Oh yeah, somebody said on the sideline today, like what a, what a, what a life it is to be the uh, the son of a, of an NFL owner, and you know I said what a life it would be to be the son of a billionaire. Uh, period, but. I mean, if it's going to be an NFL owner, even better.
4: Yeah, I mean, if my
1: dad... I mean, what a dream, yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, I would, listen, uh, I'm all for, you know, and we'll get to the Flores stuff, but if my dad's going to be an NFL owner, I'm going to be, you know... I'm going to be Kendall Roy trying to get it get right yeah, in there. I mean, there's and
1: there's no uh, like, reason to have anything else that you want <laughs> oh, to do. Yeah, yeah.
4: now this is going to be the family business. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'll pick the players. we don't, I'll be Jerry Jones. We don't need a GM. I can hold the press conferences uh after each game. Uh you know, the little radio thing. Yeah. I, I, well, I it can, is I, I,
1: out, out in front. Well, yeah, like we talk about uh you know, like how 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 generally for the most part it is bad to have a meddlesome owner um whereas like if you were the owner that's why i own the team i want to be i want to medal that's that's it's why i'm metal. that's yeah. why i'm here that's that's the whole What's point the point if you're not going to
4: Right, yeah. exactly it's no, not a public I, I, trust
2: i do think there there's something to be said <laughs> for you know learning the operation here right like uh like not just showing up one day being like all right you know i'm in charge but you know seeing essentially being on the ground seeing the way it works i i i think there's uh there's validity to that
1: now julian is 29 ish years old almost 30 is that right looks like uh 29 according to google so there you go good
4: research good on on the pod research all right thank you what uh else? anything
1: else anything else to make of that uh, that group you think zach
2: well, I look. I I do think it's it's noteworthy. Uh, i mean, enjoying aside, and 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 we can have that conversation. Um, you know, throughout you know the off season, and frankly, the next few years, because look, this is just the beginning. But it's noteworthy how many people they have here. Uh, there's there are different as they should. Um, Three first round picks. Well, yeah. yeah, but you know, I I believe it's um uh, our outstanding Rams writer Jordan Rodrigue, who 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 wrote how. Like the Rams have have de-emphasized the in-person scouting. Um, you know, I, I I think like they didn't really send anyone to the combine. No, I understand they have mm-hmm. like few picks, but uh, but the, they do
1: hit. They hit on some. They hit on yeah. Some but but, picks, but yeah.
2: you know they the you know b- b- I'm basically thinking that that time could be spent effectively in different ways, and you'd still get the evaluation. Um, and the Eagles in the past, even when they've had a lot of picks. From my uh, anecdotal understanding, like haven't had this type of uh, representation on the ground as as far as the coaching staff goes, and 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 like you mentioned, Howie Roseman, you think so? Um, yeah, I feel like they've I sent.
1: Do. I feel like they've sent a big portion of the coaching staff before.
2: Okay, they they they, and there have been years where they haven't. I mean, I specifically. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm. Uh, it's yeah. not, it's not always or never. It's, uh, I, f- but, I feel like there have been sometimes
4: the chip years. I feel like everybody was there, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like they so they, 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 wanted the decisions. Co- decisions. they wanted the coach, yeah. they wanted the coaching yeah. staff to lead so those decisions. So it, it could yeah. be a
2: Sirianni thing, but well, also the coaching
4: staff wanted to lead those decisions. Mm-hmm. Also, look, <laughs> I don't know just that they wanted right? That.
2: <laughs> last year, uh, last year, I, I believe they took five players who were in the Senior Bowl. Um, I mean their their top two picks were both here that week. Uh, and uh, Andy Weidel made a point on day three of like talking about their exposure to some of these guys at the Senior Bowl, as uh, you can read in in Bo's outstanding story about the Eagles going off from thirteen to two. They they were smitten with Carson Wentz at the Super at at, at the Senior Bowl. That was their first exposure to him. Um, Jalen Hurts was at the Senior Bowl, uh, so it, the it, it's the odds are. Like, overwhelming odds are that the Eagles will draft someone who's here this week. Uh, so I, I, I do think it's it's noteworthy how many people they have yeah. here. I mean, I, I think would, it's
1: uh, like they're definitely going to draft someone who's here this week. Yeah. I think there's a good chance they're going to draft someone in the first round who's yeah. here this week, right? Just odds. I, odds being. I would bet that if you, t- if you
4: talk to some more analytically inclined uh, people, that they would probably tell you that you— you don't need to be going to stuff like the senior bowl, unless, uh, you know, except for, I guess the interview process, I mean, that, that, that certainly can be helpful if you want to get some questions answered with off field stuff, injury stuff, those things. But like the idea that you're standing on the sideline and oh, like you know, I wasn't sure about that old lineman, but look how he took to that coaching in that one-on-one drill. From the like, it, it probably so would you influ- could overvalue that stuff. Right? Yeah, you you know, you're you're overvaluing this anecdotal stuff because you're right there and you think you're like a psychologist and you picked up on something. Whereas I bet if you just looked at the film and uh, relied on your scouts who are on the road at those schools. And then, you know, did whatever, um, you know, analytically, whether it's, uh, you know, baselines of athletic testing or whatever that you wanted to do, I bet you would probably be in the same spot or maybe even a better spot. So I do think there's, you know, potentially harm there because I do think these a lot of these, uh, you know, coaches. In the or just NFL people do think that they're psychologists and that they can like look at something like that and then they love telling the story later when it succeeds, but they don't tell you the story when they thought they picked up something on a little drill at the Senior Bowl and that's why they picked a guy and the guy ended up sucking. From
2: but I also think there is value. I'm sorry, from the New York Giants official website, yeah. Dave Gettleman went to Mobile, Alabama. That's where, at the mm. 2019 Senior <laughs> Bowl, the Giants' general manager fell head over heels for Daniel Jones, Say. and it was it was the game. Yeah. "Quote: I was in full bloom love."
1: I <laughs> mean, ridiculous. Of course, you can over, but but I I don't think that means that you should you should shun it entirely necessarily. I mean, uh, like there's good context of of especially for guys who like you know aren't in the SEC of going up against uh different uh you know d- different level athletes like cooper cup for instance i think you just have yeah, that to be... film's
4: available they can watch those drills if they want to
1: well that's that's true but i mean the the, the interviews matter too i think i think it's less about um i, I think it's just about making sure that you are careful about the the weight that you're giving these things and then being careful to not overvalue those things that doesn't mean you shouldn't go at all
4: we know what it's about. It's the same thing. It's about with you guys. It's it, it's it's uh, men who don't want to spend time with their families. Oh, <laughs> go, don't go say in that. the- <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, for the not that's not for you. It was a joke okay. for you guys. Okay. Uh, for the NFL people, I think it is kind of like that. You know, they've been just they, they they've been spending time away from their families for uh, several months. They got I think a couple weeks. A unfair. Th- they got a couple weeks in there at home, and they thought, okay, it's okay. But uh, you know, I wouldn't mind kind of getting out on the road a little bit more.
2: No, I I think that uh, so I, sensitive. Look, you guys, no, unfair. there's 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 validity to that, but. Um, you know like uh I mean my man here Kwesi Adolfo Mensah the, the new Vikings GM last uh, last week I was watching his of course press he's conference your man he's a local guy Yes, Cherry Hill, exactly Cherry up. Hill Cherry Hill left-handed uh it, if for any of our, our listeners who have come to book signings um Flex uh you see I <laughs> I have a weird way of holding a pen um and it's uh I noticed in in the photo, I don't know if Queffy was just holding it, that in the photo, or that's how he holds his pen. But it's like kindred spirits there. I appreciated it. Um, but uh, he he really spoke about how how like uh, analytics is is just gathering more information to to um, you know kind of overcome your 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 either biases or your you know your every you know basically there's there's shortcomings in the in any evaluation. So basically this should just be a part of the evaluation. You shouldn't put too much weight on it. Um, sometimes it can confirm what you already saw. Sometimes it can raise discussion. I do think that there is is uh, value in the interviews, in the in-person interaction. I was listening um, on my drive uh, uh, last night after dinner with Bo so uh, JJ Redick Draymond Green podcast oh and they were talking a lot about like how do you um, figure out you know competitive spirit and and like basketball intelligence like there's there's no way to really know that the interviews are probably as as close as as you can get to ascertain that um, so I, I do think there's value in the, in that it it, it shouldn't be. Uh, you know, they've got him falling in love with Daniel Jones, but it should absolutely be something that you just kind of put into the database as you collect information. More information is a good thing. Well, I, I would, well,
4: sometimes I would say, I bet Koesi would also agree and, and fans of uh, super fat, super forecasting would also agree that. Uh, uh That not all you can make a mistake in thinking, you know, using information using irrelevant information can be a mistake mistaking all information for relevant information is a is a way to uh, yeah. also make poor judgments under uncertainty
1: yeah i think it's all about having the right being able to put everything in the right context all right.
2: exactly yeah
1: okay um yeah i think that's about uh, all we need for for down here in mobile should we turn our attention to the rest of the league
2: absolutely yeah, why don't we sure. hear a little bit
1: from our sponsors before we do that all right back on birds with friends uh, before we turn our attention to uh the league-wide stuff why don't we quickly talk about the ramifications of uh, brandon brooks retiring since we last uh podcasted uh zach i think we sort of agree um like the immediate ramifications for the eagles depend a lot on what jason kelsey does mm-hmm. uh it's not like brandon brooks uh, for all his immense contributions to the team, has been a huge factor over the last two seasons uh, for the Eagles. They have they have uh, been playing without him, so it's not like they are uh, bereft on the cupboard there. But uh, we we say goodbye to uh, one of the one one of the better Eagles of the past. I don't know five years, decade. What do you want? How would you how would you frame it?
2: Well, so, well, certainly when you look at at the high water mark, one of the best Eagles of the past decade. Right there was a three year period there. Where they I mean, you'd have a hard time naming a better right guard in the NFL. Um, better guard? Sure. Uh, and, you know, the Eagles thought that way. I, I thought Jason Kelsey had a good way of explaining it where he said it's no coincidence that the best years of his career came, you know, when he was playing next to Brandon Brooks. Uh, and you can't tell the Brandon Brooks story without mentioning these last three years, right? Or these, you know, these last two years in particular. Um, he's played what two games the past two years he's ended the past you know four years with season ending injuries and as as he said sometimes you just need to listen to your body mm. and so it, 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 it was clear as the season was going on that something was up right that you know the injury was taking longer or and as as, as we learned he wanted to finish the year healthy right he he's been rehabbing. For three consecutive off seasons, so I can understand that. Um, that said, uh you know we we should acknowledge how outstanding of a player he he was. He was a key player on the only team for the that has that has won a Super Bowl and beyond that, um hes he was very open and transparent about mental health and his anxiety condition and i I can say based on. Uh, emails that I received after, after writing an article about this in 2017, I know Shield wrote a big piece um, in, in 2017 as well, uh, it, he influenced a lot of people. Uh, he, he spoke out before a lot of other athletes did, and um, I, I know it, 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 he's meant a lot to a lot of fans uh, because of that as well.
1: And I do think that 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 like the context of that is a little bit easy to to gloss over or forget that I mean like a lot has changed in that conversation over the past 6 years net like that was 2016 now it's 2022 like Brandon Brooks doing that in 2016 um was not a common thing to be done it it it, it took some real uh some real courage some real Hutzpah and and certainly he gets all the credit in the world for being willing to do
3: that
4: yeah, it, it was totally different. I think that that's what I thought of when. Uh when he had his press conference and I saw, you know, people tweeting and stuff. And now, uh, which is a good thing that athletes and others are more willing to talk about it and be open about it, but it was totally different then. I mean, it doesn't feel like it because it wasn't that long ago, 2016, right. 2017, but I can't remember anybody else even talking like that, uh, at the time. And, and, and I that- think
1: he gets a lot, like, I think he re- like, he gets a lot of credit for legitimately pushing that, like, like the, 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 Evolution of that conversation has a lot to do with Brandon Brooks, I think. A,
4: that sounds like a good story to potentially pursue. Maybe be a good potentially. One. Well, uh,
2: well, like I, I, I can say when he came forward in 2016, uh, you know, at at the time it was like a stomach illness. It was people didn't explain why he was absent. Right that that was what they were saying, and and they were still figuring it out. But I remember when he walked from the opposite side from the the door to his locker and stood there and basically was was ready to explain it and the transparency that he showed i i give him credit because as as like someone who who values privacy right um no that's right yeah i i'd probably have a hard time doing that so I, i i give him a lot of credit for that
4: yeah, I'm looking at this uh this the story I wrote that Zach referenced in October of twenty seventeen. And really he had some of the best quotes I've I've heard from a player and just his way of explaining what he was going through with complete sort of openness and not you know, but also in like a very um I don't know what the the word, but like he wasn't using, you know, mental health, like he wasn't using terms. He was just explaining. This is what life was like for me. And he said, um, the business we're in, you make a mistake, people magnify it. It makes it way bigger than what it should be. Just realizing that everybody makes mistakes. It's the law of averages. That's what calmed me down. And what I mean by that is say you're an eight out of 10 player. Some days you're going to have 10 out of 10 days. Some days you're going to have six out of 10 days bleep averages out, man. So as much as you want to control everything that's going on, as much as you want to be a 10 out of 10 player, some days you're going to be a bleeping six, man. That's <laughs> life, which is like such a such a great explanation. I mean, so, it's so great. that really anybody can like everybody can relate to that, mm-hmm. regardless of kind of, you know, what you're thinking about. Uh, parenthood work, friend, spouse, I mean, you name it. Like, yeah, that is kind of how it how it goes where uh, every day you're not going to be an 8 out of 10. You're not going to be a uh, 10 out of 10. You know, in here he's talking about practice being over for four or five hours, and he's thinking about the one mistake that he made uh, the whole day. And um, that was the first five years of his life in the NFL. And uh, I don't know, that that's just stuff that a lot of people – can kind of uh, relate to so yeah I think he deserves a ton of credit for that and then uh, you know don't don't underrate what this guy was as a player Right. I mean just watching the film of him in really every, I mean I honestly don't remember since I start, came back in 2017 I don't remember a game where I said Brandon Brooks had a bad game and I'm sure maybe there was one in there I'm sure there was but like just taking the notes going through re-watching like it was never ooh you know and, and that's like so rare I mean Kelsey has bad games I can think of Lane Johnson has bad games I can think of Uh, certainly and those are all pro players Um, certainly if you're not an all pro player you're going to have more of those like I just don't remember a game where it was like three times writing down Brandon Brooks got beat in pass pro I mean it just didn't happen he was uh, so fundamentally sound so good such a beast in the run game Um, just so consistent snap in and snap out just a, a great signing By the Eagles, Howie Roseman and the organization, and um, you know, just a a great player that will forever be uh, linked to that Super Bowl team. Just a you know, likable player from like there's really nothing I can think of that a teammate or a coach uh, or a fan would have to say that would even be remotely negative about him, which is you know quite an accomplishment.
1: Yeah, I agree. The only the only negative thing you could say about him is that. The the it's not even about him, it's about the, the second contract he signed, and that's more about the Eagles misidentifying where he was on his <clears throat> age curve. And being a little bit preemptive about that. But and that's uh, a
4: positive for him for getting that money. Right. I do think he's 100%. gonna have a great second act. I am looking forward whatever to it. whatever it is. Yeah. He can do and, all sorts of stuff. I mean, he would he would be talking, you know, some of these uh ridiculous people they have on TV, the ex players. I mean, I think Brandon Brooks would I, I hope he does something more important than that. Right. But but man, if he wanted to do media, I mean, because he would he's be so, so good honest about everything. And he was such a great player that I think he could be great at that as he's well. He's a
1: great – you touched on it. He's a great communicator. Um, and, like, the way that he answered questions I felt like was unlike uh, anybody else in that he, he very quickly processed the question um, and had an extremely thoughtful response right away. And it was not like it – w- it was sort of the opposite of, of the thing we joke about with Brandon Graham where he will, like, follow you where you lead on the question Uh, no, wherever you go. And he's like, yeah. And he'll just go. Whereas like very quickly, he would, he would just say, he would disagree with the premise of the question and explain why and be very, uh, eloquent about it. And, you know, for like the three of us who were talking on a podcast and trying to get our uh, thoughts out, like he's, he is better at it than, uh, no you know no offense to everybody but like just explaining exactly what's going on in his head and what makes sense he's he's really a, a great communicator
4: Birds with friends co-host i like where you're going with that
1: i like that i like that and and, we and say l- he's the last going to Wharton, by the way No, that's true yeah yeah listen uh, so, come on i mean no, he's going to be an hour yeah, a week or something
2: hope talking, now do
1: we think he's going to get you know in denise's class yeah
3: exactly that's what's going to say. like brandon
1: you've got to be focused on game theory here my friend this is the key to the next level but can you, you imagine,
3: Brandon act.
2: Brooks? You know, he's he's in he's in Wharton, um, and he's he's learning, and he has this professor who uh, <laughs> is going over the uh, game theory behind swooper forecasting. <laughs> right. It's like this was the third bid, and this is how Shield bid, and this is how Pope bid. Yes, so
1: that'd be great. I think he uh, just the last thing I was going to say. You, you touched on a little bit Shield, but he said it in his um, in his. Press conference, which which was also very thoughtful, his going away thing was that like the same the same part of his personality that uh, was like a negative in terms of exacerbating his anxiety and like focusing too much on little mistakes is also probably the same part of his personality that made him as good as he was because he was so uh, you know so focused in on every on perfecting every little detail. It was such a it was such a double edged sword for him. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh well moving on from Brandon Brooks. Uh I guess I guess before we get to Brian Flores, Zach, do you have any parting words for uh your boy, Tom Brady, the uh the known cheater who has retired?
2: <laughs> Look, it was a uh it was a pleasure to watch him play football. Uh you know, there I, I, like well, the last game that he played, uh I, I don't know if if we talked about it, I think we touched on it last week, but watching that comeback how many times have you seen that movie right where where he it's it's not over because he's on the field. So I understand you have your reservations with him Poe. I understand he, he's a villain in Philadelphia. Uh, I do think that like at this point we can appreciate the career that he's had and the reality that that we won't get to watch him play football again and that's as someone who appreciates football. Um, that, you know, that, that, like, like there is a certain melancholy to that.
1: My theory is that the, that, that image from the, the loss to the Rams, uh, of the blood on his face, that was not blood. In fact, it was strawberry juice and he had a taste of it and decided I can no longer play football. I need to, I, I I need to chase the strawberry. That will be the rest of my life.
4: I mean, I could easily give up strawberries for the rest of my life and not think twice about it. (laughs) Do you love a strawberry? I don't love a strawberry. I mean, no. uh, now I know I as
1: much as the kids do. Yeah, I mean that's. I, like, I mean,
4: if you said I can't have a banana, now we're now we're having issues. Uh, you know what I was thinking about? I was
1: thinking about, was thinking about uh, recently your your anti-apple take, which you had a couple, I think, uh, summers ago. Didn't and I? what uh, was it? I think you just said like you you, you think an apple is overrated. Yeah, um, they've
4: grown on me a little bit, but well, and I, I, don't, think, I don't love an apple. I
1: think there's a big jump in quality from uh, just biting into an apple versus like slicing up an apple, cutting it into slices. I feel like the, the sliced apple is uh, added uh, value to, to just a, a bite into an apple.
4: Oh, I haven't eaten an apple. Just bite into it in okay. probably, I mean, twenty-five years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that. I mean, who wants to? Do you, I feel like my teeth would fall out. Uh, no, yeah, you're in you know, between your teeth. Yeah. Now, do you have an apple slicer? No, I. still apple. really? No, they do that on TV and movie. They just grab an apple, bite into it. I mean, that. You know, I terrible. Casey I'm, used to I, do
1: that. Casey still does that every now and
2: then. Yeah. I still do that. I'm 35 years old. I still do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't understand. I mean, like, yeah, you don't have well, to Well, I mean, if you're on the go, then... then yeah, know, that's my that. point, is, is like, you don't have to, like, literally cut it up. I, <laughs> I enjoy a sliced apple, but that requires a cutting board or...
4: Oh, my know, gosh. Go knife. on to uh, mm-hmm. Amazon right after this or during this as I talk and order an apple slicer. These things are amazing.
1: How thin are they slicing those bad boys? Because I like a thin slice of an apple. Well... I like to control uh, it myself.
4: Well, they'll all be you know relatively even
1: because it has these sort of
4: compartments. You put it on top of the apple, you push down, and then you pop it up, and all of a sudden you have like eight apple slices. And it yeah, takes that's not that's not enough. Five I to want, ten I, seconds.
1: I'm talking. To, I want. I want one apple to get like. I want like twenty.
4: That's ridiculous. They, so you're no, just going to slice
1: all of them. No that's one very slices.
4: Easy. No one slices a fruit like a, like an Indian auntie or uncle. By the way. <laughs> I mean, uh, they well, can, the mango see, was mom, so yeah. oh, we know the mango. Yeah, yeah I, mean. I mean, they can be looking the other way with the sharpest knife you could ever think, and that bad boy is going to be sliced up uh, right away. So, well, okay. you guys do a
1: cantaloupe in the Capatia house?
4: Yes, we're big cantaloupe people.
1: Nice. Now, what, how, what? What's is there a good, a better process for for slicing a <laughs> cantaloupe than than I do, which is just <laughs> cut it in half, and then you got to do the you cut it into four and slice out the goop.
4: Th- this is really going to sound like a. Uh, I don't know if mama's boy is the right word cuz my dad does it too but I have no idea how they take the cantaloupe any when the cantaloupe gets to me it's it, it's it's ready to eat and it's either sliced up in, and I pick I pick up the pieces and eat them or I eat them with a fork I have literally no idea what to do with the cantaloupe to get it from its original state to the state I generally eat it in so I don't know what that means I'll get I'll I'll get my mom, I'll, do you, I'll you do peel I'll get my mom or dad to, uh, to cut a cantaloupe and we'll put that on Instagram in the months ahead. Okay.: do you yes, cut, do I, you, can, you, I can peel a banana, although I don't do it the way you and the listeners said I should be yes. doing it I still do it with the stem or whatever.
1: It okay. just feels right to me. Uh, do you have any uh, what, what do you think the bucks are going to do at quarterback Shiel?
4: I mean, the Bucks are screwed. They're gonna go right down in the tank to where they were before. Tom yeah, Brady. but what a great I mean, this, I mean,
1: what a great deal with the devil that was. I mean,
4: yeah, they won I a mean, the like, Super Bowl. Absolutely, you do it every time. But now they've got Chris Godwin That's is a, a free agent. They've got two starting offensive linemen that are uh, free agents. They've got uh, Leonard Fournette, of course is a free agent. Rob Gronkowski, you know, who knows? He may retire. Tom Brady is gone. so He's not going to come back
1: to play with not Tom Brady?
4: No, but he could come back somewhere else if he wanted to. I I mean, he he can still play. He didn't play well and he didn't do much in that playoff game, but Rob Gronkowski can absolutely still play. Uh, So what are they going to do? A quarterback? I have no idea. I mean, why wouldn't Bruce Arians Bruce Arians has to retire and g- give that job to left witcher bowls? I mean, that seems like a mm-hmm. no-brainer to me.
3: Like why the
4: that. hell why the hell would he want to stay around <laughs> with Tom Brady retiring? I mean, are you kidding me? So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that division sucks.
1: Yeah, the division's going to be like worse. Than Listen, the, the conference
4: year. sucks. Brady's gone. Yeah. Sean Payton's retired. Rodgers could be gone. I mean, this NFC is wide open, which is why I'm going to do some Russell Wilson research here in the next couple of weeks. And then we have to talk about that because I I do sort of flip flop on that uh, quite a bit when I think about it. And so I need to settle in. I need to figure out what, what I think about him as a player, how I think he could, whether he could succeed in the Eagles offense and how, uh, how long you would get him as a good quarterback for and what it would take to get him. Now, having said that, uh, I'm not convinced that the Seahawks are going to be trading Russell Wilson. I mean, they should have the same approach as we're talking about here. I mean, they could look at this. Do you know the Seahawks were eighth in DVOA this year? I did. Yeah. Well, of course. Uh, This is unbelievable.
1: Uh, Uh, Two uh, two minutes ago, Nick Foles. uh, Much respect, Tom. Unbelievable career. Best of luck with your next chapter. And it's a picture of the two of them shaking hands uh, uh, during the Super Bowl week. I mean— an unbelievable troll from Nick Foles even though if the, even if that's not what he's going for like what a great move
2: she was in the middle of a great Russell Wilson point there i was on the edge of my seat listen i'm sorry i'm sorry
4: <laughs> no they yeah, no it was just that they are they are eighth, they were eighth in DVOA this year and so i mean they could if Pete Carroll is still there like what they're going to trade Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll in his seventies is going to coach a different quarterback and they're going to make a run at it next year. I mean, that, it seems a little far-fetched to me. So uh, I'm not convinced that they are going to trade Russell Wilson, but we'll see. Uh, Now, my uh, favorite Tom Brady memory, which I've been just flexing on all day on Twitter, on -hmm. Instagram, because I realized we have a lot of new listeners uh, since 2017. And so many of them were unaware of my prediction during our podcast bow with handsome rich uh from Bloomington Minnesota Marriott. And so uh, you can, of course, check my Twitter in- or Instagram for the early days of Birds with Friends. My wife was ripping the uh, audio quality of that uh, mm-hmm. early the Goodness today. for Marissa. Pre Marissa,
1: pre Kent, even. I mean, yeah, we, were, we were just, we were yeah, like, I, I was mean, doing that on. myself. Yeah.
4: I don't know how you did that. Yeah. I should probably give you a little more credit for that. I mean, I, I was like, I'm not doing
2: be anything like nice this. F- yeah. Five
1: years later. Yeah. I'll take yeah, that.
2: We'll see. You guys had a radio show? I remember you we were big time. Yeah. You used to be How about yeah. that? Yeah. Then I came aboard and it all (laughs) went.
1: It all went. Yeah, that's right. It all started talking about hotel rooms. All right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I mean, an unbelievable call. And I do. I I appreciate. I respect um, that Tom Brady gets so little respect from you that you're making his retirement about you. I, I like that. Yeah. I
4: mean, let's, I don't need to put out some sappy thing about a goat and, you know, stats. <laughs> like, the, the people on Twitter who annoy me the most are the ones who, like, they have to have something to say about every single thing. Oh,
2: yeah, I agree. It, it's.
4: I had Oh, let's I would like to hear more about that. CB, if you got a top 5 or something. Let's get that going in a future episode, but I just don't think uh, you need to have an opinion on everything that yeah, have talked about on this podcast. Yeah. Know? absolutely. Yeah. So I thought I'll just get Well, it's not back that you there.
1: shouldn't have an opinion on everything It's that nobody needs to hear your opinion. Yeah, on exactly. Everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, like I thought about making some Tom Brady jokes, but it's like uh, everybody's everybody's doing their Tom Brady thing. We don't need
4: You 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 know. usually cannot help yourself.
1: I don't know. I would feel like my <laughs> <laughs> as you've as you have oh, said this is, nobody this is follows your version
4: me. of like, no. this is your version of uh you know being sort of uh using discretion okay
1: right yeah uh okay i guess the last thing that we should talk about and we should definitely talk about it is uh the suit from brian flores that came out today a bombshell um that um he is suing the nfl and now, and now i haven't like had time to read through everything uh which i feel bad about but uh, the highlights that I have seen, you know, he is suing the league as a whole for its racial discrimination and its hiring practices, uh, especially for head coaches. Uh, some of the bombshells in here that Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, offered him hundred thousand dollars per loss the year they were trying to tank uh, that uh, he was trying to get Brian Flores to collude and, or not collude rather to tamper and try to lure a free agent quarterback to the team. Uh, you put those dots together very easily. They're talking about Tom Brady. Like he came to uh, Stephen Ross's yacht and Stephen Ross uh, was like, Oh yeah, he's coming over here. And uh, Flores left because it was uh, untoward. That well, the I,
4: I I don't think that it. W- I mean, I didn't. I put
1: the dots uh, together. I thought that was Deshaun Watson
4: at first. The timing.
1: Was, the timing is not Watson. Yeah, it, it has was to be
4: No, yeah, no. I now people have. I think Joe yeah. Shad has uh, okay. and others have actually reported that that was, uh, in fact, Tom Brady. Yeah. So just to okay. kind of clarify there, because there, you know, there could have been different people.
1: Right. Uh, the, uh, and then, and then even more about the, the sort of sham interview process, uh, in which teams are, are, you know, uh, abiding by the Rooney rule, by the letter of the law, one being with Denver, uh, before he was hired by the dolphins where, uh, the Broncos brass showed up to their interview with Brian Flores banged up from the night before of partying. And uh, I'm shocked. Really? Yeah. John the time of day. I'm shocked. Yeah. Uh, John Elway, who yeah, wrote a uh uh well, we don't have to get to that. But um and then also this year, uh the the Bill Belichick, uh Brian's 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 Most Dangerous Game, in which he texts who he thinks is Brian Dable, congratulating him on getting the Giants job. In fact, it is Brian Flores, a different former uh assistant coach of his named Brian, uh, who is scheduled for his interview for the Giants and uh thinks that he has a shot and it turns out that they've already basically made their decision. So, uh, I mean, uh, we can, we can get to all the things about this, but, but uh, I think it's, it's hard to overstate how, uh, bold and courageous it is of Brian Flores, because as he said in his statement, he knows that this probably means he is never going to coach in the NFL again. Uh, he is basically blackballing himself for the betterment of, uh, the rest of the, Uh, minority coaching candidates in the league who are uh, getting the shaft from a league that tries to sweep under the rug things like the John Gruden thing and pretend that it's a one-man bad thing going on as opposed to the intrinsic nature of the entire operation Um, and so you know kudos is is not a strong enough thing to say but but like what an unbelievable thing
4: Yeah. I mean, it's there, there's one black coach in the NFL right now, you know, every year it's a story and every year, nothing happens to change it. We see it over and over and over again. And it just feels like it probably needed something like this to happen. And who knows if this will change anything or not, but, uh, you know, I, he is, he is not, he's obviously not doing that for himself. I mean, there are a, you know, there is a, a network of black coaches who have rightly feel like they're not getting fair opportunities when they should and you see some of these other coaches that are hired around the nfl and it's just uh, continues to be mind-boggling and so it felt like something like this absolutely needed to happen so we'll see where he i mean he seems like a smart guy a talented guy i'm sure he'll have other avenues but at the same time uh you know he wanted to be an nfl head coach and he did a good job as an nfl head coach in miami and so what you're saying is true you know that aspect that part of his life might be over and so this was not an easy thing to do, uh, certainly for him. And so we'll see what they're responding. The NFL already responds and says they're denying allegations. I mean, two hours later, (laughs) I don't even know how that's possible. Like how about we're going to investigate this. We're going to look into it. Uh, some, they're usually good about at least doing the lip service and then not doing anything here. They just come out and say that right away. I mean, he's got some pretty, you know, what looks like, uh, reputable evidence in there with bill belichick texting like you mentioned brian daval saying hey you have your you have your uh shot at two of these head coaching jobs good luck like pick which one you want and brian flores is supposed to go to new york and and interview with the giants the next day and uh yeah you have the thing with the broncos i mean imagine being the broncos and looking at those two candidates and going with Vic fangio uh that that's unbelievable you know chris mortensen he said he's covered the league for 50 years Mm -hmm. And he can't remember a lawsuit uh, as uh, courageous, know, cor- and courageous, courageous and necessary courageous and necessary in his 50 years of covering the sports. I mean, that holds a lot of weight uh, with me as well. So uh, we'll see where it goes from here, but yes, good for him. I mean, something needs to be done. These guys never get exposed for their actions, their behavior. As we've said a million times on these, this podcast, do not mistake these organizations as well-run organizations who have a sound process and do the right thing. That is not how they operate. We see it time and time and time again.
2: Yeah, uh, look, I, I don't want to just repeat what you guys said, I, I but I agree. And yeah, I, I liked how, how Chris Mortensen um, put it. It is. It is courageous, and I certainly hope Ryan Flores um, is not. Uh, you know, I, I I hope he can get a job in the NFL again. Um, this is an issue that absolutely needs to be brought to light. We're seeing it in this hiring cycle, and I, and, and the thing that that I think is is there's um, a
1: chance that the again like no black co- head coaches are hired this entire cycle. It's nuts. Well, well so
2: like the thing that's 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 most disheartening um, is when you see somebody go through the interview process and like the decision has already been been made up uh, because that that defeats the spirit of of the rule and it's it's like it's counterproductive you we know, it, 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 even i don't know what's going to happen in this Viking search and i i frankly think that that Jim Harbaugh if the Vikings hire him i think Jim Harbaugh's a really good coach uh, but what Patrick Graham had a nine hour interview today. Is that, is that what I saw? Mm-hmm. Um, or he had a, he had a second interview today. If like, if you put Patrick Graham through the second interview all while essentially, you know, right. you, you know, basically like if Jim Harbaugh comes tomorrow, you're hiring him, that kind of thing, then that's problematic. Now, I, I, I think that the, the nuance here, uh, and you know, Vic, uh, uh Vic, uh, uh, did a really good job in his um in his in his uh, story on The Vegas Search where basically like they were trying to pair GM and coach um and uh you know they they were trying to match the GM and the coach in the coaching search so certain coach was with certain GM and with the Giants example as I was reading through it it certainly seems like Brian Flores was a Realistic candidate from the perspective of of the uh, of the um ownership uh, you know of of John Mara initially. And then when they hired the GM, it seemed that the GM had a guy that he wanted based on on of what I was reading through there. And uh, I understand the point about alignment. um, and we've covered situations where you know there's there's not that cohesion but you should absolutely have an open mind with the GM. It shouldn't just be this GM wants to work with this coach, right? Uh, So, uh, you know, and as I've said in the past, and I really feel strongly about it, and this was brought to light in that suit is if you really want to correct this problem, it's, it's not the hiring practices, in my opinion, it's the grassroots. So when you see the amount of offensive coordinators and you see the amount of quarterback coaches who uh, who are uh, not minorities, then that's that's the problem, because what's the pool of candidates where they are looking to hire from, you know?
1: Well, I think it's both, I, uh, not to throw water on that, but I, th- I think it's like the hiring process and practices is a big part of it as well, um, but there, it's the B- enemy it's
4: a, bowl. I mean the yeah. B- enemy Byron Leftwich. Right. Yeah. I mean, those guys have coached the two best offenses in yeah. the NFL over the last two years. They've been the offensive coordinators. Leftwich has call mm-hmm. actually called the plays uh for that offense. The has not. However, that hasn't stopped other offensive coordinators from mm-hmm. getting jobs. I mean, they've just been the bit be- I mean, there's no two ways about it. They've been the two best offenses uh, or, you know, top five if you want to dig into whatever stats over the last several years and they have not gotten opportunity. So I, I, you know, I think there's something to that. For sure. Uh, and that was something, you know, maybe five years ago, it was a, hey, you know, you need more black coaches getting quarterbacks, coach jobs, passing coordinator type jobs. Well, now what's the excuse? I mean, those are the two most yeah. pass heavy teams in the NFL as well. <laughs> These are the are the Bucks and the uh, and the Chiefs. And well, so- there's
2: there's no reason why Byron Leftwood shouldn't be the Jacksonville Jaguars coach right now. Right, other than oh, I mean, Trent from, Baalke is the, yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. From the world's best from, from, from reports, him. yeah, from reports, and I'm not, I'm I'm not tied in like they are, they're attached to a GM that I look I I don't quite get that, but like Byron Leftwich is a sensible option for Jacksonville, and uh, you know, now I, I saw D'Amico backed out of the Vikings interview. Um, D'Amico, uh, I, I mean, perhaps he did that with information. Right. But, like, it's it's preposterous to me that the Houston Texans aren't interviewing D'Amico Ryans, right? Um, <laughs> well, so. that's the
4: other thing. And, and you're right. Sometimes when you read that a coach has, you know, withdrawn his name, it means that the coach, you know, knew that they weren't going to get the job. But the other aspect of this is that applies specifically to black coaches is – You know, they don't want to be a token interview and just go waste their time to be the Rooney rule candidate, knowing they're not gonna get the job. I mean, that is every black coach would think about that. Every time they get called for a head coaching interview, that's like one of the first three things that has to go through their minds. Do I actually have a shot at this? This thing I've worked my entire life for and think I'm qualified for and want a shot at? Or am I gonna do all this prep, go get on a plane? fly there, spend nine hours, fly back, check my phone and find out some other guy got the job already when they couldn't have even processed what I just told them. I mean, that's, that's, and then you're insultingly told, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. That's a conversation that happens with every, you know, black head coaching candidate, uh, in the nfl and then it's well go for, you know go for the uh, experience like screw that i mean they think they're, exactly I mean, D'Amico ryans is as qualified as these guys byron left which is as qualified as uh as these guys who are getting the job so that is a uh another part of it as well right you're
1: insultingly told that it's like worth the experience when you know that the other side is going through it just for the motions and to that point uh now you know i'm no i'm uh very far from any kind of legal expert but the. The fact that this is uh, filed as a class action suit means that other coaches could potentially join on. And to that point, not that he would necessarily do that, but uh, the the head coach of the Lions down here at the Senior Bowl uh, for the week of practice is Duce Staley. He has a press conference tomorrow. I, you know, I'm curious to see if he's going to talk about uh, his experience as in going through the interview process, whether he felt like he actually had a legitimate shot at those jobs or whether he felt like he was being tokenized.
2: So uh, to your point, Chris Burke, our, uh, our colleague at the athletic, uh, who, who covers the lions, um, said, uh, Deuce Daly, And this is a tweet at seven thirty five tonight. Um, said Deuce daily said his previous head coaching interview with the Eagles quote was awesome. And that he quote, mm. can only speak about my situation and what I've been through. Uh, but he added on the lack of minority hires quote, there are some guys out there that are overqualified. We all know that.
4: And and listen, this also goes to like Deuce Staley wants to probably have a career too, you know, yeah. as a head coach. And so it's a very difficult position to put him in. I mean, what we know is that he got passed over for promotions. He got passed over for a head coaching job. And there was a credible report that he was looking for a job, uh, a college mm-hmm. job. After right. one of those times. So, I mean, you tell me if you think he got uh, a fair shot or not. I mean, I don't know. I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, he has to be careful kind of what he says there. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Again, it's a very difficult position. I mean, he's worked hard to become, uh, to get to where he is in the NFL. And so you do have to probably be a little bit careful about uh, what you say there. But, you know, there, there's evidence to that would suggest that maybe they're to the contrary of kind of what he's saying there, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, I think that's all. Uh, that's all right. Did you see the Jimmy Ward
4: uh, quote on Trent Bulky? No. Oh my God, this was so good. No. Google this. <laughs> Somebody asked him, I think it was like their exit interviews, you know, in San Francisco, the 49ers safety. And I, I guess someone asked him, I think this was from today, maybe this was an older clip, but they asked him like, have you kept in touch with Trent Bulky?" <laughs> And, he, and he's like, well, you know, he's the one who drafted me. I got to give him credit for that. No other team did. I was the 30th pick. Uh, but then he goes, he goes, but there was this game. I think we were playing the Giants and we gave up a TD or something. And Trent came up to me on the sideline and goes, and goes, Jimmy, that was cover three. You don't know how to play cover three? And he's like, He's like, I was the buzz player on that. I played it right. You got to go talk to somebody else. That wasn't me. And he, and he's like, and he's like, he's like, sorry. I've just been waiting eight years to get that <laughs> off my chest. This is why I couldn't be a GM because I would call John Lynch and go, I'll give you three first rounders for Jimmy Ward right now. Because it, it was, uh, it was amazing. And then yeah, they were like, "Does John Lynch tell you stuff?" And he's like, "Yeah, but John Lynch is like, was like a Hall of Fame safety, oh, safety and I right. play safety." And he's like, "He doesn't even tell me that much." He's like, "But yeah, I'll never forget Trent Paul. <laughs> that to me on the sideline. <laughs> it's an amazing clip. I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll retweet it here after we uh, after we get off.
1: I like that." uh all right. okay all right well uh this is uh this is going to be it turned out a uh, a very long episode yes. it turns out but
3: that's okay you guys uh, gotta go
4: are you getting dinner or something did you already eat yeah zach oh. let's
1: let's let's just talk this through on the pod right now what do you want to do for dinner
4: but you're far apart now right Presumably? no 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 well no so
1: you, you've got to you listen to the to second it. part of the episode okay zach right. has uh, remedied this situation we're much closer together
2: okay. yeah um yeah i mean we got to find uh, the, and there's some good spots. I don't know if we'll be if we'll be able to get a table. I don't know if we'll be able if we'll be able to get a table outside. But yeah, uh, it's gonna be tough. But uh, yeah, there's some there's some good spots in Mobile. What's so.
4: the weather? What's the weather in
1: Mobile today? Mm, uh, during the day, 60s. Uh, probably now it's it's uh, closer to low 50s. I would say and it's supposed okay. to be rain the rest of the week, so that's not great.
4: Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to listening to the second half, and maybe we'll do one of my uh. Uh shield Kapadia, 10 topics. Oh, didn't you I, have
1: uh, your didn't you have a couple of things to get off your chest?
4: Yeah, but I mean we're listen, we're an hour in. You guys have another segment. We're Why don't we you can... give us one?
2: No, we have no other segment. We're good. Yeah. Oh, oh No, you the, guys just se- did a set. I'm talking about the oh, listeners. I mean, list. bar- for the Recorders. listeners. Yeah. Gotcha. All
4: right. Um well. I no, you know, I'm looking at it and none of it's none of it is really that uh is worth it.
1: I, I don't want to lose this stuff. I
4: want right, to keep it for I have notes. All right, so my one thing is, you know, like the um uh How are you at making eggs at home? Do you feel like you make a good egg?
1: Yeah, I think we've talked about this. I feel very good about my egg game.
4: How do you make them? Because here's the: I want to you know, I like. Remember you?
1: You famously said you've never fried an egg before. Have you still not done that? That's true. Still,
4: yeah, I've never fried an egg.
1: Fried an egg. It's the uh, easiest thing in the world. Like I love. You know, I,
4: I can make a scrambled egg. I can make an omelet, but they never taste as good as like when I get them. When I order them at a restaurant, and so if people have tips, like how can I, you know, I, I want to be eating a couple eggs every day are you here.
1: Seasoning the eggs? Are you cooking them low and slow? What's
4: your? I uh, do what? cook. I do cook them low and slow. I take two. I crack them. I put a little bit of milk. I whisk them, and okay. then I cook them low and slow. And I spatula them up, break them up, and then I eat them. I put are butter. Are you seasoning in little, them? Bu- I put some butter in the pan. No, what should I? I mean, I do salt and pepper. Okay. Black pepper. Chicken, yeah putting something else in there
1: well i know you like an seasoning? oregano you could throw a little oregano in. oregano there. and eggs yeah you could throw some oregano in there you do a little zach uh, have you ever i like a little i like before? i like some cumin in an
2: egg okay a, a bit so i use the uh i don't know if this is a violation at all like uh but i i use the egg white liquid right okay mm. yeah I think that's um, fine yeah and so when i make if I make the omelet, we
1: start just r- roasting him, calling it a violation. <laughs> yeah. For using egg white yeah,
2: what no, so a loser! Like, <laughs> so like, I don't crack I, uh, I I don't crack the egg. I just use the egg white okay. uh, liquid, and and I actually, I, I you can make a a good omelet that way, right? Because oh, it's it's okay. pretty. Um,
5: so should I
4: try that? Should I go non-natural and just go with the ready-made? It yeah, sounds like that- your
1: problems are are deeper than this
4: i mean they're fine like if i if you came over and i made you eggs you wouldn't be like these suck but i want them to be like like i'm thinking about the bittersweet kitchen eggs in uh in media and like they just taste a lot better than I can't mine believe so you've that for
1: fried an egg it's the it's so easy i mean i
4: usually don't eat a fried egg i like a scrammy egg i mean i like all types of eggs i would like a recipe for a deviled egg i love having a deviled mm. egg as an appetizer
2: bo wanted that last night yeah didn't oh, follow Talk me on me. the deviled egg don't love oh. the deviled egg like it if, don't love it
4: if love somebody a has a nice uh now i don't know is there really a do you just hard jeff McLean's a big deviled egg guy okay all right if he wants to guest uh on the pot and talk about <laughs> deviled eggs he's welcome yeah. uh, all right so if anybody like there are all different ways you know people make the little egg muffins like i want yeah my wife th- makes the egg muffins yep. yeah this off season i want like a list of like 10 ways to make an egg all that are going to be delicious because I enjoy all of them, but I don't make all of them. So that is on my off season to do list. Uh, go ahead, hit us up. You can email me, Shield at the You can tweet, you know, shields, eggs, whatever you want to do there. Yeah. And, and the last one here on the food note, uh, you know, beyond is it, is it, I, know, I think it might be Gardein Gardein has started making these great plant based. Uh, they, they, uh, are like a chicken cutlet type thing. Interesting. Um, very tasty but like i haven't eaten chicken my whole life and right. i have friends who like they just live on chicken they're like low carb eat the chicken you're good and so now i feel like i have a way to kind of try that but what do you like how do you eat just a chicken cutlet
1: so I mean, is it just like a is it, is it a grilled it's chicken like a patty okay
2: no no it's a little breaded. Is it breaded? i feel yeah it's breaded yeah
1: oh, okay well that's interesting so you know what
2: i like with my chicken cutlet what it what i put balsamic on it Really? Yeah. I'm it's not great. a big
4: balsamic. I feel like balsamic's okay. I'm not a big balsamic. Guy. I like
1: a balsamic. Yeah. It's it weird like that nice it comes. It weird, it's, it's weird that it comes breaded, though. I feel. I don't know.
2: That's I the best kind of cutlet. What it's kind of delicious. Cutlet? Yeah. Uh, the, the breaded cutlet. If you. you
4: know, I know meat. there is. Now so we've you are been getting. getting we, we've been cutlet, getting but.
1: very into. Uh, we, we, we've been going heavy on the beyond and impossible yeah. uh, ground ground meat. Uh, I'm not the, a huge fan. I like it. I feel what like do you there's. Do with like, it? I feel what like do you there's do not it? much difference from ground from from ground cow meat. Uh, I put it in uh, put it in a pasta sauce, and we make meatballs. Uh, we I made a chili the other day that was that was very good. I feel right, you like make meatballs, so what do you
4: like? What do you do with the meatball? Do you just eat the meatball? Yeah. What do you have? A nice so- a meatball Or put in it a sauce? in a sauce?
1: Yeah. The kids the kids like a meatball uh, as a standalone separate, but but I think it holds up pretty well. You do a little you crack an egg, you get a little uh breadcrumbs, you get you yeah. get a little bit of milk, you you uh you season that bad boy, you put it in you the You can oven. actually
4: just buy the uh the ready-made vegetarian meatball too. It probably doesn't taste as good, but
1: No, it's not as good. I wanna I wanna put I wanna put my own love in there. Okay. I'll yeah. try the those.
2: big thing in the uh in the permanent household's been the uh Zucchini noodles, the zoodles. Really? really? Yeah. So it's it's basically you make pasta. Kids like them. But no, the for because I I like pasta, but trying to eat healthy, mm. so well, it's we'll make it the same way, you know. With but instead of the actual pasta, it'll be the zoodles. So do you like them? I'd prefer pasta, but mm. I mean, for the benefit, yeah, it's it's a fine meal.
1: How about a sweet so potato noodle? You ever do that?
4: Hold on, hold on. I want to focus. so so you're it's zucchini, so you're eating a vegetable. Yes, so is this exactly. like a
2: low is this a low carb way to eat a pasta? Exactly.
3: Oh, exactly. The
2: the uh the zucchini it's 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 spiralized, right? Um and so it lo- it has the same cons- the same look, the same consistency if you will as the spaghetti noodle. Not the same taste. Not the same taste.
3: Yes.
4: yeah i've had some of these the the faux noodle and i feel like they've been very hit or miss i i feel
1: like it's it's i'm too aware that it's not a noodle that whereas like even with even with a cauliflower rice i don't mind a cauliflower rice okay. but the uh, zoodle is is a bridge too far for me not not that i won't eat it but it's just it's not the same i mean these
4: restaurants chipotle is now doing the plant-based chorizo uh which i was not i told you of. i like a i like Love doing a like taco uh kfc a couple listeners actually yeah. hit me up on instagram to show me that they're doing a beyond now what are the good sides at kfc like what should i order with my beyond meat uh it's been a very long time ordering. since i've been doing yeah. kfc but okay, i think they right. do
1: have good mashed potatoes
4: i think they've got a good like sort of potato wedge don't they
1: uh, then Did now this goes to the conversation the that Zach and I had last night. I I contend that the thinner the fry, the better. And so the the potato wedge, too much
2: potato for me.
4: Oh my god, a seasoned potato wedge, outstanding. They were the trying to sell me on the very on, mess
2: on the loaded fries last night. I thought that was it was a little too much. I mean, I look, I I'll take. Well, a that was a spice fry. thing no that was more like just the amount of stuff on mm-hmm. on the fries that would fill you up my take on that is that those items always sound better
4: than they actually are the pizza fry the yes. cheese fry the loaded fry you read them on the menu you, oh it's gonna be amazing but you know what i then end up just yearning for the regular fry a little bit of ketchup and totally we don't agree need to can't beat a regular fry that.
3: yeah all right, uh, by the now. way,
1: <laughs> uh, on that note, the last thing we should say, because you mentioned the listener, it reminded me, uh, Sheil is mentioned, is in a footnote in the Brian Flores lawsuit. <laughs> really? Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, God, I got to read this.
1: I mean, that's got to be, a, that, forget about the, uh, the Brandon Graham prediction. This is a career highlight.
4: Yeah, that was pretty good. A story I wrote about Pete Carroll talking about Colin Kaepernick for uh, ESPN. And so uh, I didn't know anything about it. So thank you to the listener, uh, Chicken Steve. Who, Chicken Steve. Uh, wow, who, what a, co- what a who, callback who did, to the conversation who, we've been in. It all comes together. Who, who said, Congra- congrats on making the footnotes. And I responded, Chicken what is Steve. this? What is this from, <laughs> Chicken Steve? And he said, the Brian Flores lawsuit. And I was like, whoa,
2: okay. What's your most embarrassing, uh, you sent the text to the wrong person moment? Oh my god! I've Oof. got one actually. <laughs> Me too. We can I save can that say for the next spot.
4: We'll I, I can say part. I can say mine. It's quick. It's okay. not that bad. But I was doing a story on uh, Marissa will enjoy this Turp, Quentin Jefferson, when I was in Seattle, and uh, he was a Maryland uh, player for Maryland, and uh, but he got in this fight, I believe, when he I might be getting the details wrong, before he enrolled there, and so he ended up working at Best Buy for like a year, and then he went to college and then you know he had a good career he's still in the league he's bounced around so good on him but i was texting with a friend who was covering maryland recruiting at the time just about him and so i thought i was texting the friend but i actually was texting quinton jefferson and so i didn't say anything bad like i had asked the friend about you know hey do you remember when he got recruited whatever and he's like oh yeah how's he doing and i was like you know i typed something like oh man he got in this big fight and had to work at best buy for a year but I wrote that to Quentin Jefferson. Oh, no. Like, oh, my God. You idiot. So I can't I, believe I you never anything.
5: told me that story, Shield. Uh, it, honestly,
4: I don't think I've told anyone because you get the feel. The insides are like, oh, yeah. God, I can't believe I did that. That was so stupid. Uh, I'm surprised I don't do that more. And so it's a very dangerous, uh, you know, because texting, I mean, you're talking all sorts of noise on yeah. people, you know, so you got to be careful.
2: <laughs> and then it shows up as the uh, – as the basis of a groundbreaking uh, class action lawsuit, right? Yeah,
1: I don't remember the specifics of it, or like the the specific text, but I do remember. I think I was a when I was a freshman in college, I texted who I thought was my uh, then girlfriend, the Bernie <laughs> Mac, the Bernie Mac dead, but it was actually a mutual friend of ours. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was. Borderline embarrassing, well, not like borderline. Talk, it was embarrassing. Like, like talking oh. dirty type deal, or I don't think was it was getting... dirty. It was more like mushy, probably.
4: Ooh. Oh, sappy. Oh, oh. I guy, would like know. to see these texts if uh, Bernie. Yeah, Mac it was gets a one-off. So
1: it was like a, but I, but but it was it was funny, and and wow. it, it turns out I'm much better friends with uh, the mutual friend now than uh, Bernie Mac, who is dead. Oh, so the mutual friend could
4: potentially still have this in their phone.
1: Potentially, I I think that mm. would be a. It's a long time ago, but yeah,
4: listen. All right, Sounds she probably mushy. she might remember
1: what it is, what what the phrasing. was. I mean, but, what yeah. did a
4: typical Beowulf mushy text look like in college?
1: I don't know. I, uh, I, not I don't. I'm too old to yeah. remember. Right. No, I'm not embarrassed. Those, I just I wish I could think of it.
2: All those times Belichick, uh mocks that he doesn't understand technology. Uh, <laughs> he's being trees, He's, he's, telling he's the, truth. the only time he's telling right? the truth. Yeah. yeah I so.
4: was very surprised with how he texted. I mean, very enthusiastic. Yeah, a lot of punctuation points. Yeah. yeah. That was surprising to me. All right. Yeah. I think okay. we've come- Marissa, do you need to chime
5: in? Okay? Yeah. I mean,
1: Marissa, it's like a three hour episode now. She's
4: only no, to get I. the No, I You wedding. guys
5: are making me hungry, too. I'm like, yeah, we're doing one oh, tomorrow, too. The loaded fries really got me. I'm like, oh, I could go for a snack. <laughs> yeah, do a, do a little DoorDash. I know. I texted Michael and said, we're talking food. You want a snack? <laughs> <laughs> That's always the way to go. He's probably downstairs already.
3: Awesome.
1: (laughs) All right. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we will send this to break and be back on the other side with uh, much more detail about the practices today at uh, South Alabama, the USA. And uh, it's a long episode. Buckle in. We'll be back tomorrow. All right, we are back on Birds with Friends. Uh, Thank you, of course, to Sheil for being available to us. And now we turn our attention to the goings-on down here in Mobile, Alabama. Zach, uh, I think we do need to acknowledge that we are uh, once again in separate hotel rooms, separate hotels.
2: Correct, but I I think context, like all things, is required here. Uh, I very much wanted to be in the same hotel as as you I I thought it would make logistical sense for this trip in particular uh but this was a supply and demand issue yes there's a lot more demand than there is supply for downtown hotels Um, you want to be downtown for a variety of reasons during this and so let's take
1: the let's take the listener inside uh into the details why is that why you know why do you want to be downtown
2: well, they're for professional reasons, for professional and social reasons. And oh, I'm sorry, for social reasons. And then where those two Venn diagram when the Venn diagram, if you will, over overlaps uh, for professional reasons, uh, I'll I'll start there. You know, we we have, for instance, as you always do <laughs> uh, a breakfast tomorrow with all the players. It's at the convention center. It's at 7 a.m. Logistically. helpful to be there um for you know there was a press conference this morning at the convention center you pick up your credential at the convention center uh for you know just personal or social reasons if you will the but that also turns into professional yes so uh the the restaurants that you're probably going to eat or or if 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 you go to a bar it's probably going to be in this downtown area because downtown's where the where league officials stay, you know, you know, team officials, where players stay. Uh, and then for where that overlaps is you. This is a valuable time for FaceTime with uh, team officials and, you know, people around the league who, who if, if you can sneak a few minutes in with uh, and you have a better chance of bumping into them downtown because that's where they all congregate as opposed to at a Chick-fil-A on Airport Road. Right. So, yeah. uh so I was not able to get a hotel room downtown. The NFL uh, always, you know, they 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 get these rooms very early on uh, for full disclosure for our, our, our listeners. And we're really getting into the weeds here. I wasn't sure if I was going to go to the Senior Bowl or do a different reporting trip this week. Ultimately, I decided on the Senior Bowl. Uh, then there's a bed and breakfast you like to stay at. Is that the right characterization? Yeah, although
1: I've never been at this one before, uh, but there's a different one you yeah. often stay at. Yes. Okay.
2: Only because I want to be downtown, and those are well, that's what's yes. usually available downtown. Yes. And so, the other day, and I I don't mean to monopolize this uh, storytelling here, but as as we were, you're a storyteller it, at heart. <laughs> the the bed and breakfast that you that uh you were eyeballing, it a room came available within the price range that we're allowed to book. And when I saw that, I I knew that there was only one of these rooms available because it had a specifically named room. We're not talking about a hotel with, you Mm -hmm. know, 80 rooms or 100 rooms or 150 rooms, whatever a standard hotel might have. I I don't know the answer to that. Uh, But uh, so you booked that and then immediately (laughs) there were no rooms available um, that I was allowed to book. So I no problem. No no problem. So I, I wasn't able to get downtown. So I was on airport road near that Chick-fil-A that I was talking about. And uh, but then you pulled some, you pulled some uh, reporting well, uh, veteran magic. Yeah. Yeah. You always, you know, so, so you, so you should always keep checking if, if, if you do in fact, or if you are in fact willing to switch hotels and a hotel downtown came available today. So a day into the trip, there's probably cancellations from people in the league or, uh, someone leaving early, whatever it may be, a, a room came available. I I switched. So now I am downtown for the first of my, this is my third or fourth senior bowl, my first time staying downtown. So I, I finally get to uh, wow see what it's like being Bo wolf.
1: Well, that's right. Uh, and we have the two of us, we, we may not be staying in the same hotel, but we did share a lovely uh, romantic dinner together last evening.
2: I didn't consider uh, romantic, but it was it, it, it was a uh, speak
1: for yourself. It,
2: it, was, it was it was it was nice. Uh, it was it was nice breaking bread with you.
1: Yes, we uh, we had a good meal. We had a, a server who couldn't stop coughing. That was a, a source of uh, agenda for the two of us. But uh, we, had, we had a good time.
2: So uh, I, I I got a little self-conscious when my my first year on the beat with you. Um, when Mattgue warned you about uh, the conversations that I tend to start with mm, with the uh, waiters right. and the waitresses and so i've i've uh I, I'm, I, I had, <laughs> I had so forgotten about this how uh, how how was I there was i uh, was it the, the proper level of conversation was? very I- appropriate
1: yeah, I didn't okay. think uh, you, you weren't over over the top at all I, okay there was good not on. much conversation
2: yeah yeah you you ask what they recommend. Yeah, you, know, you might ask. You why. did do
1: you do you do you you are a fan of the question? What's the what's the most popular thing or what's the best thing on
2: the menu? Yes, that is absolutely. that is
1: a, a Zach question at a at a restaurant.
2: Absolutely, especially when it's an out of town restaurant, right? So, you know, because I, I I like to try new things. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you, know, you don't uh, want. I mean, Nick Saban gets the same. You know, he eats the same thing for lunch every day, right?
1: Little Debbie's, right?
2: Yeah, well, that's the dessert, but uh, oh. What's and the he, lunch? He has a salad with chicken.
1: But you don't, but don't you aspire to be saving on some level?
2: I don't aspire to be saving I um I, I aspire to have the professional to be that Saban has. Uh, he, be, I, actually, we're not able to to do it tonight because we're taping this podcast. But he is holding a summit a That's few right. blocks from here tonight. Yes. I have mm-hmm. professional obligations, yeah. Good for you for, for choosing uh, work over personal. <laughs> oh, uh, now, no one could argue hearing Nick Saban could be work, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like how you characterize that as personal. Well, we know
1: how you feel about the Saban and Belichick folder. Do you think that uh, if we are so, you know, we, we've talked about this is recording before our segment with Sheil. Uh, do you think that we will have talked about Tom Brady with Sheil? Yes. Because I do want to give you an opportunity to, to kiss the ring if we haven't addressed it with Shield, but maybe, maybe I'll make sure that we just talk about. I it. I
2: imagine time. if 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 we have a prominent national reporter on the podcast on the day that the best player in modern NFL history retires, it's it's, it's worth uh, it's worth discussing.
1: Okay, well, there's other things going on in the uh, broken oh, far world be- of the NFL.
2: I, yeah, far more in, in important things. I I, I certainly wasn't. Uh, suggesting that, but I, I did figure there'd be at least be a passing line. Okay, well about- I'll make
1: sure that I'll make sure then that we get to give you a chance to uh, to reflect on uh, on you know the
2: man who whose ring you you so like to kiss. Well, so uh, Kimberly Martin did have that that tweet where she asked where everyone was twenty two years ago. Was it when uh, Tom Brady started? Where were you during that time when his career
1: started? Yes, um, I was in. I so september what,
2: ninth grade? So, so so september 2000 right
1: uh yeah ninth grade one two yeah ninth grade
2: no, 2000 we were in eighth grade right september
1: 2000 you would be in ninth grade right because we didn't you graduate high school in 04
2: yes so yeah okay. so september yeah, 2000 is correct. ninth okay. grade yeah okay yes correct correct okay
3: yeah
1: uh what was i doing uh probably uh watching the jaguars playing baseball and being (laughs) on limewire limewire what were you doing on limewire down that's where you download mp3s ah okay i don't know you weren't doing that
2: no i was not i was uh, i was probably Uh, uh uh, watching football that day. Here's,
1: a, uh, here's an update, uh, breaking news from uh, Philadelphia, uh, an update from uh, my wife. Here's a new one. Before the bath, Jane peed on the floor, then slipped on it, fell hard, crying hysterically, and covered in pee. So there you go. Exciting stuff going on
2: back uh, back home. Uh, Reed's very excited back home to find out if uh, it's going to be spring or winter tomorrow. Oh,
1: I didn't even know we were approaching Groundhog Day.
2: I, I did not put it together at first. I had to I had to think about it. And then uh I asked him which one he thinks it's gonna be. And he said that's the point, it's a surprise that he has to see <laughs> it's said, a mystery, and that's good. Yes, yes. Um he, so he he wants it to be spring. So I mean, don't we all? Yes. So okay. So that's he smart. would want him to see the shadow or to not see the shadow. Which one is it?
1: Uh, I think you see the shadow it's if you see the shadow you you... don't see the shadow it's winter okay Okay. I don't feel 100% confident about that Marissa any ideas
5: I was just about to google it Um, (laughs) we also find out the new name of the Washington football team tomorrow
2: correct Mm. Are we thinking the commanders isn't
1: there a thing like they're already unloading the merchandise that says commanders or something like they can't can't even do their rollout right
5: (laughs) well that wouldn't be surprising yeah (laughs) Let's see, Groundhog Shadow, live updating here. This is
2: big. <laughs> this is great radio.
5: Yeah. Um, I'm getting... big, are
1: you a big fan of the movie Groundhog Day,
2: Zach? Uh, I wouldn't say big fan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's entertaining. It seems like it's going on movie? and on and on. right? But... Well, that's maybe part of the point. That was the joke,
1: yes. Mm. Okay.
5: <laughs> okay. I tried to make um... a joke
1: for once. <laughs> i'll sell that joke
5: <laughs> okay if the groundhog emerging from its burrow on this day sees its shadow due to clear weather it will retreat to its den and winter winter will persist for six more weeks if oh. it does not see its shadow it's because of cloudiness spring will arrive early
1: mm. feels like that doesn't according make sense, to wikipedia but... okay <laughs> i trust wikipedia <laughs> yeah uh, okay, Zach. Uh, well, we uh, we talked about Tom Brady. Let's talk about finding the next Tom Brady. Now, we we uh, obviously know that the Eagles have publicly committed to Jalen Hurts. I don't think that that necessarily precludes them from taking a quarterback uh, in this draft. And uh, this is a very good crop of quarterbacks yes. down here at the Senior Bowl. I think you, you could make the argument that six of the top seven quarterbacks in this draft uh, minus Matt Corral from Ole Miss are here in Mobile and uh, we had a chance to watch them today. They're split up between uh, the two the two sides, the team, uh, the three working with the Jets coaching staff are Kenny Pickett from Pitt, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, and Carson Strong from Nevada. And then the three working with Deuce Staley and the Lions are Malik Willis from Liberty, uh, Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky and Sam Howell from North Carolina. Uh, first impressions of these guys, seeing them up close. Uh, what did you think? And, and and I don't know. I mean, we're talking about like split
2: judgments, snap yeah, sure.
1: judgments on these guys, but, but what stood out to you?
2: Well, first to, to lend some context to, uh, it, it, you're absolutely right in the significance of having this quality group of quarterbacks here which Last is not year, usually the case. Yeah, I- exactly. Last year's draft, the top 4 quarterbacks selected were not at the Senior Bowl and the fifth one selected did not play in the Senior Bowl. So was here, so Mac Jones was the fifth one selected. Mm-hmm. He was from what I understand here but didn't play and then the top 4 Trevor Lawrence, um Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, uh Trey Lance. And Trey Lance, yes, were not here. And you know, so underclassmen who have not graduated do not come to the senior bowl. And then sometimes even the top, like the elite seniors don't necessarily come. Uh, although Aaron Donald came here and kind of solidified himself as a as a first round pick who probably should have gone higher. But anyways, uh, point being, I think that's
1: I think uh, is, uh, retrospect would tell us that he should have gone higher. Yes, yes,
2: yes exactly. Uh, point being, this is this is as strong of a group as there's been. Um, certainly since I've been following the senior bowl and perhaps that speaks to the, to the relative weakness of this class. There's, 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 right. there's no one here where you say this guy's the definite number one pick in the draft, like there might've been in past years. Uh, but it, it's, it's certainly an intriguing group. So, so, it, so to answer your question um, I'll admit the first practice, I was paying closer attention. The second practice, I was preoccupied talking to a few different people during the second practice did catch it. Obviously, but wasn't as watching it as intently. So I'll, I'll yeah, see. Yeah, some other group. things going on. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll see that group with more focus um, uh, tomorrow. But uh, I, I'll say from a pure throwing perspective, and please disagree with me if this is the 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 wrong read. Carson Strong had the best arm of the Strong Picket Ritter group. Um, I was. Uh, I, I was hoping to see more from Ritter in terms of, you know, that arm, the, 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 uh, the live arm, if you will. I was a little underwhelmed um, by Ritter. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, I've kind of, I've been talking up Ritter for over a, a year and yeah, I, I was expecting more from him today.
5: And, uh, and, so- and
2: I, I, I haven't been like a huge Carson strong guy for, because I, I admit I, I do tend to overrate the players that I watch on, on Saturdays and, uh, but, but the, the, and you don't stop that late? <laughs> I, I do, but they're not on TV as often, mm. right? So they're not like Stanford and USC. Um, but, uh, but the ball does like fire out of his arm.
1: So it's interesting. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think, uh, like I think part of it is that Carson Strong just threw the ball deep more okay. often than the other guys today. So you got to see him uncork, sure. uh, that arm strength. It also like he, he really had to sort of like, load up to throw deep. It wasn't a, it wasn't like an effortless, uh, you know, flick of the wrist. It was like, he was really having to get his whole body in there. Now he did, you know, he, he can, he can throw the ball far. Um, I thought that, I thought that Kenny Pickett looked the best of those three guys. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just confirmation bias. Um, but I, I, I thought that Kenny Pickett looked, looked pretty good today.
2: Yeah. I, I don't disagree there. I, I think Pickett probably has the best feel and again that that might be confirmation bias but but you did see that in in terms of uh you, you know especially when there was it wasn't live action but when it was close to it he he knew when to tuck the ball away I, you know he he had some anticipation throws so yeah i would agree with that
1: now i mean yeah just to like this is this should go without saying but but just to to sort of talk about it like you know the the dynamic here where you know at an all-star game, quarterbacks are throwing to receivers that they don't, you know, have a ton of experience sure. with. It's it's like uh, a thrown together offense with routes that they don't know exactly how these guys run. It's not the easiest thing uh, to get on the same page with these guys. But um, I thought that I thought that Pickett did that relatively well. Um, the Carson Strong thing it does it does seem like he's uh, that is his game mm-hmm. throwing the ball deep uh from what from what I understand more than it is with uh with with Pickett and Ritter, so that sort of makes sense. um he's also like you know he doesn't move around super super well whereas whereas uh Pickett does um I don't know I like I, we can get to Malik Willis in a second because yeah. I do think that uh like Malik Willis was a little bit inaccurate on yeah. a couple of throws, but like the ball comes out of his hand, yes, so much different
2: than it Agreed. does with the other five guys here. It's, it is explosive out of his hand. Agreed. Um, real quick on, on, on Pickett before we get to Willis, uh, a few things from the press conference this morning with him. Oh, uh, that's right. Of course, grew up an Eagles fan. He he did that did not come up in the press conference, but, but we do know that, um, he, uh, they, the, the, the hand size has become a, a big deal at his draft season. When you talk about the hand size of the quarterbacks, right. And, Uh, He did not get his hands measured in weigh-ins. He's, he says he's doing uh, some hand like stretches uh, or or whatnot. He'll have it measured at the combine. That will give you the official measurement. But as, as he said, like he, he played in Pittsburgh Um, that they, they had rain, they had cold weather, and that should give you an indication of how he handles that, uh, you know, the elements, if, if, if you think the hand size is an issue there, uh, as far and as the, person, like, he's
1: got like a double jointed thumb
2: or whatever it is. I I, I saw him. Tom Pellicero tweet that out. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he, he said there are different like stretches that he can do. And then, uh, a Jim a Jim Nagy, who is, is the, what's the executive director of the senior bowl or, or mm-hmm. he's in charge of the senior bowl. And he's, he's the one who essentially scouts and puts this group together, uh, compared Kenny Pickett's personality to Joe Burrow uh, mm-hmm. and, and said, that's the guy who he, he really reminds him of. And apparently how timely. Uh, yeah. And Pickett and Burrow have a relationship, I think from the Manning camp, maybe. Um, so uh, are we allowed
1: yeah, to, are we allowed to say the other person that Kenny Pickett has a, a blossoming relationship with?
5: Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> well, my, we, you know, I do, we have some sources uh, who have told us, Kenny Pickett has been working out with uh, one of the highest rising, biggest upside, best young interior offensive linemen in the (laughs) NFL. And that, of course, is Michael Dunn.
5: (laughs) Yes, Michael has nothing but good things to say about him. Um, They've had lots of conversations working out and training over the past uh, few weeks. So he, he is a big fan and wants to see him go high in the draft for sure. I
1: mean, (laughs) this has to rocket him up the board, rocket him up the board. He said
5: he's a very, very nice guy. So I don't know how far that goes, but Mm,
1: I don't know. Do you want nice guys at quarterback or do you want (laughs) someone who's willing to uh, like develop a sham company um, that is able to (laughs) like uh, obfuscate the uh, weird HGH things that they're taking and is like uh, just Uh, like diabolically committed to uh, trying to gain every edge possible. I don't know. That doesn't sound like a nice guy.
2: (laughs) Well, from all indications, Tom Brady, you know, walks into work with a smile on his face and treats people nicely. And if, if, if you, if you read um, it, you know, it's better to be feared by Seth Wickersham. uh, You really get a a good, you, you get good insight into Tom Brady's personality, the relationship that he has with his father. You know the relationship that he has with teammates. Uh, I actually think—I don't know if you've read this book or not—but I, I, th- I think some of the things in there would really make you appreciate Brady more. You, and when I say you, I'm, I'm talking about you, Bo. Uh, like I, I, I think there's a, a degree of like introspection and self-awareness um, that belies your description of him. Hmm. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think that he's aware of the fact that he likes to cheat.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm look. I'm I'm. It, <laughs> I don't know how we how got here. Like the, <laughs> We don't need to go down this road. How
1: about like the uh like the just reprimanding the uh like people in the league who reported the decision that he was going to make before he reported it, and then they had to backtrack just because he's Tom Brady. Well, what's your take on the Schefter uh, Darlington aspect of that, Zach?
2: They were right. They stood by their report. But didn't they, they ba- but
1: didn't they back down?
2: They did not, no. Didn't Schefter
1: was- then say he was
2: premature or no? They didn't they never backed down. I don't believe Adam did. No. Okay. Um now I'm I mean, I gotta tell you, I I wasn't hanging on the the uh the the back and forth the other night with that or the other day with that. Mm-hmm. Um I was watching football, right? There was there was football going so on. So the that moral day. of the
1: story is 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 Kenny Pickett's uh if you, if you judge <laughs> yes. people by the company they keep, he's an all, he's, he's a pro bowler.
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. That's good. Uh, so Malik will says like? Yeah. Do you, you agree that, uh, yes. now he's, he is, uh, uh, you know, now I think Sheila will tell us that he was the guy that Sheila was talking about, uh, last year. Uh, he's the guy who, uh, went to Liberty. Uh, he's a little bit, he's a little bit smaller in terms like shorter than I was expecting. But he is, he is sort of filled out um, and is a little stocky. But, boy, like... What were you the,
2: expecting out of curiosity?
1: I just thought he was a little bit taller. He, he, you know, he, he, he's, he's the shortest quarterback here, yeah. right? I think. Yeah. Um, well,
2: the, and well, it's... No, no, uh, Sam Howell is. Sam Howell is shorter? Yes.
1: Okay. Um, But he, I mean, the ball, it's... It's hard to describe without just saying that, like, the ball comes out with real velocity and juice and it's a tight spiral much more than uh, the other guys here and it's not I, always it's I not agree. always in the right place
2: yes but you're absolutely right and like fun to watch too
1: yeah and it's i mean this is like the big uh the big quarterback evaluation discussion that you have to have uh, in a room right is uh the tools over the polished prospect and you look at you know Everyone's going to point to Josh Allen uh, because he was not a finished product. He was he was tools, and uh, you know had a terrible completion percentage in college. Even like thinking back to that that year two game when he played against Carson Wentz in Buffalo in that like uh, hellacious wind. You know he did not look good that day, Um, and it 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 took a while for him to get there. But if you're going to bet on tools and bet on upside, and you feel like you need somebody with uh, with a superpower at the position. Uh, to be one of the best in the league, I mean Willis. Willis looks to me like the guy who 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 would have that upside of the guys here, and I'm sure you know it's not. Uh, you don't you don't need me to tell you that that the reports are that he's got the highest ceiling and and maybe one of the lower floors of the guys here.
2: Sure, and I I think it's it's good that you brought up Josh Allen there because I actually think the Josh Allen conversation is more relevant with Malik Willis than I, I see that it's come up. You know, for instance, with 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 Jalen Hurts, uh, the the point being, it took time for Allen to develop his first playoff game wasn't good. But the reason why I, I think the Willis comparisons are, are are more apt for Josh Allen is Willis didn't play at, at, at like the elite programs with the top talent around him the way Jalen Hurts did. Like Jalen Hurts has had, you know, top coaching throughout his college career. Right. You know, uh, and played with top talent throughout his college career. And Josh Allen, and and, and not to belittle the coaches at, at 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 Wyoming, they were the same coaches that Carson Wentz had. And and we, and we know, you know, there was excitement about Carson with the pro style offense coming out. But uh, but Josh uh, Josh Allen was a two year starter at Wyoming, so didn't have that long track record, and there was development required in his game. Comparably, Malik Willis, two year starter. At Liberty, he transferred from Auburn. Didn't play against top competition. Didn't play with um, top players. And uh, I think that you're hoping you're 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 betting on those tools. You're betting on the person, and that he's going to develop into the player. Uh, so I I think you really framed it well as far as like potential versus polish.
1: He is also not beyond the arm. He is, he is uh, a very impressive athlete. There was one play in team periods today where he was like flushed from the pocket and had to outrun the defense. And he sort of did so with ease. It was nice to see him like run full speed. He's, he's a dynamic athlete as well.
2: Yeah. And, and, and like, if, if you compare it for instance, to, to uh, Kenny Pickett, who is, is he's going to pick it. He's, yes, he's, he he's going to be, he's, he's going to be 24 years old. Um, for week one next year. Uh, he was like supposed to come to the senior bowl last year. Uh, he he, Which one f- are you
1: talking about? Can he pick it? Uh, Pickett. Yeah. yeah, Pickett. yeah.
2: Um, and uh, he's, he's, he's not like apples to apples to, to a uh, uh, Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow. Like he, he didn't play with the top players in the country, but he, he played good competition with good players. And he's been in, he's been in the consciousness for, you know, four or five years now when you get yeah, aware. But he Luke made Will's, a big
1: leap this year. Pick it. Yes, I mean, exactly. I think, I think why, Nagy on the uh, on the journey to the draft podcast said that they had him as like a, you know, fifth, sixth round pick or grade last yeah. year. Basically.
2: Yes. And, and and that's why the Burrow comps also come up is is, right. is like it's a guy who it, it might have just all all clicked this year. Yeah.
1: Uh, did you have any thoughts on on Sam Howell or, or Billy Zappi?
2: Not on Bailey. I really wasn't watching much of Bailey Zappy To be honest okay. with you, uh, is, is the ball Sam, dies a little bit. I would yeah, say. Sam. Uh, Sam Howe was a little better than I expected. Um, I I wasn't overwhelmed by Sam Howe's year this year at, at North Carolina. I watched him a handful of times, and and uh, and, and and yeah, I, I thought the ball did have a, a little more zip than I thought going in. I'll, I'll obviously see more. Yeah, of I thought he looked. I, Sam, looked, I thought I thought he looked fine Sam Howe tomorrow. Uh, to bring this back to Michael Dunn. Um, the Baker Mayfield comps keep coming up, uh, because of size and probably because of like, like the way they look maybe. And, uh, you it, know, does they, he do a lot of commercials? Sam how? No, but he, 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 he might, but I don't want to say like, uh, like pudgy, not pudgy, but like a mm. little one, like the thicker side, you know, you know, short and thicker. Um, and, uh, so you see Baker Mayfield when you watch him. And so there's, there's probably a, a little too much like or, – or, or too many Baker Mayfield comps, but, but that's obvious. Uh, you see some of the Baker Mayfield in this game.
1: Willis made a couple – he made one throw today when he was rolling out, uh, and it was just like an effortless flick of the wrist, uh, probably, you know, 18 yards downfield to, to a tight end who was crossing, and it was just like – it was just a very easy pro throw. Um, I don't know. It's like, we, we, we will have this conversation over the next couple of months, I'm sure. Um, but like, if you've got three first round picks and you can take a swing on a guy like that, I don't know. It's hard to pass up.
2: That's, that's a good point. That's, I don't a good know, point, but
1: got going to uh, do more work now. How much of a red flag do you think it is that he went to Liberty?
2: A red flag for like the reasons you would say are, uh, a red flag.
1: Co- yeah well, correct
2: i don't find that to be a a a, a red flag judge a person i would today. say it's a demerit yeah you shouldn't judge the helmet.
1: you like a hugh freeze
2: do i like a hugh freeze yeah i mean uh, some of the stuff that has come out about him isn't like the most uh exemplary uh things but he
1: well that's what i'm saying if we're ju- runs- you know maybe maybe malik willis has higher upside but uh one of these quarterbacks hangs out offense. with Michael Dunn. The other one hangs out with Hugh Freeze. Yeah. The
2: the, the thing I'll say about Malik Willis is is uh he he should have put it to Syracuse a little more than he did. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like that. That's that.
1: what everybody says about him.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I mean he he had like a a solid game against Syracuse. Um but it, it wasn't like I love
1: that. The thing I'll say about him. <laughs>
2: yeah, no. Uh, in all seriousness, I, I I do like. By the way,
1: we did not that. talk about Syracuse putting it to uh, Wake Forest. To Wake
2: Forest. Night. I actually got a text from Anthony D. Telling me I, I should I should bring this up on the pod.
1: Well, now um, what's going on with Anthony D? Because I thought that I thought that uh, Anthony D. We were on, we were on the same side here. You know, he he was a Bayheim adversary. But what's now he's now he's gassing him up. What's the deal?
2: Now he. He he watched the game. Uh, Maybe he had, perhaps he has Now Wake won the
1: earlier matchup.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So it's only, it's a one, one.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, buddy Beheim's had a good week this week. So I think he was ACC player of the week.
1: Well, listen, I'm, I'm on Anthony D's side, (laughs) as long as he's going up against (laughs) (laughs) Beheim.
2: So anyway, so uh, Malik Willis, uh, I, I, I do like Malik Willis and he's, he, I would agree with you. Like if, if you're, Trying to just take a swing on a guy, you have these picks. Um, That's that's the kind of guy you take a swing on, understanding that there might be a developmental period. Understanding, well, that's what's
1: interesting, right? Is if like if you were to take a Malik Willis, you're not taking him as he's our day one starter next year, right? He needs a little development. It's an it's an awkward situation with Jalen Hurts, but you know who who cares about feelings? We're trying to get the best quarterback here, but it's not the kind of thing where you would necessarily have to like trade Jalen hurts to get him out of the way. Whereas I feel like if you take Kenny Pickett at 15 or, you know, 12 or 13 and move up a little bit, um, he probably is a guy who you want to give it, give the keys to earlier than, than later.
2: So I, I, I have a little mini rant about like the feelings being hurt for for them drafting someone. Right. Totally fair. Like Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. the, San Francisco made a major, major. Yeah, trade, good point, right? Major, major trade. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't light it up this year, but good like point. he, he did. He look, he by all indications, like great teammate. Didn't pout. The guys in there loved him. The coaches in there loved him. They, they made it. You know, they made it to the doorstep of the Super Bowl. Uh, and when their coach
1: had not been such a Melvin yeah. with his in game fourth fourth he, down management,
2: he probably raised his stock. And and like the way Jimmy G played, um, speaks so much about him compared to like Carson well, not Wentz well. a year ago. No, like, well, that's like true. yeah, like I'm saying that, uh, you know, you learn a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo and you learn a lot about Carson Wentz, but like I agree, the Eagles took Jalen Hurts at the second round, right? It's, yeah. It wasn't even. They took him in the second round. They didn't trade up, you know, the, the, uh, the it's 49ers three overall. Yeah. Yeah. The 49ers traded three first round picks, right. Um, to go up and get him and they go up and get Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo kept him on the sideline. Um, I, you know, That's so, yeah. So, so, the way you respond says a lot. So if, if Jalen hurts is like, as, as, uh, as mentally tough and as, 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 has the intangibles that they talk about. If the Eagles took Malik Willis in the first round, if I'm Jalen hurts, I say, keep that guy on the bench. I'm, I'm going to play well. Right. And obviously like Dex, the the, the deck is stacked against you, right? Like Trey Lance is going to be the, the 49ers quarterback next year. It's not going to be Jimmy G, but um, if, if Jalen hurts has like the ability to play through adversity and all this stuff, if they take someone beat them out, right? Be the quarterback be what they say you are. And um and, and so that's 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 what I would say. Uh, know, like okay, it's it's it, my the end of my 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 thing here is it's easy to use like the the catchphrases and and and, and like the toughness. Lamp is
1: never
3: full.
2: Yeah, it's it's easy to say that in like um the uh, convenient times. Uh you know, character often comes through in like the inconvenient times.
3: So Well,
1: now just to play devil's advocate a little bit as to what we would expect Hurts to do, let's not let's not like just forget the fact that he did he did transfer away after he lost the job.
2: Well, he 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 did stay. Like so, I I actually that's give, true. I give Hurts a, a lot of credit. You know, he didn't get he stayed. He was the backup all year. Stepped in when they needed him to step in. I have no issues with. I think trans- that's, I agree I have, with that. Yeah. Like if if he just transferred when Tua got the job, that would probably put like he, he I think that's fair. There was there was there was no reason for him to stay another year as the backup. That would have like killed his draft stock, right? So yeah, he, he stayed the yeah, year, he was the fair. backup, helps him win the SEC championship, then transfers to Oklahoma, uh, has a, he has a huge year. Heisman Finals totally is a second round
1: pick. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Um, okay, Zach. Uh, anything else on the quarterbacks before we uh, talk about some other first impressions? Uh,
2: no, but I'm ready for the other first impressions because I have a little bit of a flex here.
1: Oh, let's
2: get to it. Let's hear the flex. So, in my uh, in this little notebook item that I put up um, before the practices started, and I can confirm this went up before I watched a practice. Mm. I said the player that I'm watching. Is Jermaine Johnson, okay? That if if I had to bet on the Eagles taking like a guy from Mobile, it's, it's Jermaine Johnson. Interesting. Um, and that uh, and in the mock draft that I put last, oh, I shouldn't say mock draft that I put when I analyzed Dane's picks last week and I did an alternative one, I had them taking Jermaine Johnson. Um, and so you're I. You're gonna thought,
1: flex and think that the, it. Well, go ahead.
2: And I thought like Jermaine Johnson looked good today.
1: Yeah. Well. But this is not like, I mean, you're just, you're just saying he looked good today. That's your flex is that you gave a note that this guy was going to be a player to watch and you thought he had a good day. Well, look, that feels like a bit of a reach of a flex.
2: My flex is this, there's going to be a lot more like Jermaine Johnson love on Wednesday morning than there was. Now tell people the story of Jermaine Johnson. So Jermaine Johnson was at Georgia and well, actually before that he was at Juco, right? And. I haven't watched last chance you but but I understand that he was a bit character in that.
1: Oh, I didn't know um, that.
2: Yeah, I I I need to find that out. But uh was that Georgia a stacked Georgia defensive line as as or pass rushers as we all saw. So transfers to Florida State and blows up this year. Um 12 well, sacks it's, it's, I believe. It tells
1: you it tells you uh, like the the depth of Georgia that this guy who was a rotation player at Georgia yes. goes and becomes the defensive player of the year in the ACC.
2: Yeah. 12 sacks. And like from a measurables perspective, right. Uh, you know, you just four, love
1: Florida state defensive ends. like
2: 6'5, 255, 260 pounds, 34 plus inch arms. Um, and, you know, they, they don't run forties here, but I, I imagine he'll, he'll, he'll run decently plays the run. Well, and really was, uh, was like a, a force today.
1: Well, there was a funny... They ended practice. Uh, Deuce Daly ended practice with a sort of like a Sirianni-esque uh, sort of like one-on-one compete period in front of the whole team. And it was uh, three reps of Jermaine Johnson against Kentucky offensive tackle Darian Kennard. And Jermaine Johnson destroyed him on the first two reps. And Kennard won the third rep. And... For whatever reason they like deuce gave the offense the win and the defense had to do push-ups like what was the what was the bet there like that that canard's so bad that he has to beat him three times in a row what was the deal
2: good thing they asked deuce
1: it was very funny um okay well i like that jermaine johnson out of you um i watched uh the 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 morning session I forget which is the American, like which is the national, which is the, I believe
2: national was the morning session.
1: National was the morning. So the national team, which is the jets uh, coaching staff team, uh, the defensive line in one-on-ones was just destroying the offensive line. Uh, poor, uh, poor Nick Zakelge from Fordham was uh, just like, I'm not, I, he may, he may quit football after the way that things went in the first uh, practice of the week. But uh, a couple guys who stood out to me on the defensive side, uh, Perion Winfrey, the defensive lineman from Oklahoma. I, just in like uh, when they, you're looking at guys who like make your eyes pop just in terms of like body types on the field. He, he caught my attention. And then in those drills, I thought he was really impressive. And he made a couple nice plays uh, in team drills as well. Um, UCLA interior uh, defensive lineman or yeah, defensive tackle Otito Ogbenaya is one of the guys who, who just, uh, you ended his career. Um, I thought he looked uh, pretty powerful, pretty stout. Um, one of the few offensive linemen who did do well, I thought, uh, on that, on that team was, uh, interior offensive lineman, Cole strange from, uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. I liked what I saw from him. And I was, I gotta say I was a little bit disappointed in the two, uh, like high, high profile offensive linemen from that group. Ah, uh, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, who I, I believe is Dane Bruegler's number one rated player here. I, I didn't think he was bad, but he he did not look to me like a stud on day one. I thought I thought he was able to get moved off the point of attack a little bit, and then your boy Daniel Falele, who I want to love, and yeah. he is a monster. Um, you know, he did not have a great day today. Uh, my Jay Sanders from Cincinnati was able to uh, uh, to to move around him and actually put him on his on on his back at one point in one-on-one so not a great day for him but you know he's he's a young australian i've i've seen jordan my have enough bad days in training camp that i'm not going to uh i'm not going to cancel the guy for that
2: nor should you uh
1: just seeing who else on my notes i liked uh i, I thought christian watson the north dakota state wide receiver he looked he's pretty good some buzz this is not a good, you know. You talk about like the relative strengths of the position groups that are here. Quarterback is better than it usually is. I think running back is much better than it usually is down here. Wide receiver is not uh, very good relative to the kind of wide receivers they usually get here. Um, I thought, especially on that that national team, the wide receivers are not very good. But I think Christian Walken, Watson looked uh, looked the part more than those guys. Um, there are a couple of guys on the other team. Uh, Calvin Austin, I like from Memphis. He's tiny, but he's got. He's got real juice. And then I oh, kind of like the, a relative term and I, well, that's true. And I, and I kind of like the, uh, the SMU receiver gray. I think Danny gray mm-hmm. who actually had a couple bad drops, but he was, he was getting open more. And I feel like at, at this point, I'd rather see guys who are getting open and you, and you hope that they can improve the hands. Although maybe, maybe Nick Sirianni would disagree with that.
2: I liked uh, Romeo dubs. I, I don't that's know. That's
1: interesting. But... I don't love that guy. I think it's dubs
2: dubs. Okay. And uh, it, it might have just been uh, the impression from like uh, one on ones, but but he has good speed. Uh, he has real solid size. I think he's like six. He's a 200. big dude, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, 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 he he was able to get open. So I, I I I like big guys with speed.
1: You like him a little more than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like Boye Mafe, the uh, okay, Minnesota yeah. edge rusher. He gets off the ball quick. Yeah. Kind of not 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 an ideal uh uh size from an edge rusher. He's not super tall, but um I would say uh poor man's like very poor man's Brandon Graham. Type Well, player. I
2: I was disappointed that uh Devin Lloyd's not here. I really wanted to see him up close.
1: Yeah, that was, was going to be interesting. Scratch. Uh he was a late scratcher. There's a couple other guys who pulled out uh Jahan Dotson from Penn State, pulled out I think there was a, a high-profile safety who pulled out as well. And Quay Walker, uh, the Georgia linebacker, also pulled out. So
3: that's okay.
2: The, uh, the safety who was on my radar today, and he's, he's like a safety corner hybrid type, uh, Jalen Mitre, am I pronouncing it correctly? From, from it's, Baylor.
1: it's a P.
2: Petre from Baylor. Yeah, it might be yeah. Petri dish. Okay. The dish, but I... Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm bad with pronunciations. I need to do better. But, okay. uh, yeah, he, 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 he was in the mix there. He, he, he broke up two passes. The safety I like
1: today was, uh, Kentucky's Yusuf Corker. He's another guy who's, who, uh, he, he really looks the part. I feel like he's a, he's a free safety. He made a couple, couple of plays. A, I thought. And a good name. Yusuf Corker.
2: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's a good name. I agree. Not as good as smoke Monday, but well, I know that's right. Smoke Monday is the best, uh, the best name in the draft.
1: Well, the thing about Smoke Monday is that everybody thinks it's Smoke Monday, but actually, it's just um, eat some cookies Monday. Insomnia cookies Monday.
2: Oh, gotcha. Okay. You see where you see where I'm. <laughs> yes, yes, where I'm yeah, going there. Yeah, I do. And
1: everybody like he. They, everybody assumes that you're smoking, but it's actually just you. Just like cookies.
2: He is. Is he a full sentence All Star this year?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. Smoke Monday is as is a, is a full sentence?
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: I'm excited about that. It's very that's a very good one. All right. Well, uh I guess uh now that we By the way, what do you episode, think of
2: uh of 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 Kobe Bryant?
1: I thought he was pretty good. Yeah.
2: Kobe Bryant uh, of course is the Yeah, I mean
1: what a resurrection.
2: <laughs> Kobe Bryant is the cornerback from Cincinnati um he is also the different kobe Bryant is the subject of the outstanding book by mike sielski called rise which i just about finished on the plane yesterday really enjoyed good work by mike highly recommend everyone read it
1: there's a kobe Bryant and there's a chris paul here i have an nba all-star team tulsa guard chris paul uh okay well uh we are also going to be back tomorrow uh, after practice that's wednesday and then on thursday we will have the pleasure of doing the i want to say third annual fourth annual Quackatology of senior bowl with uh mr fran duffy um who is you know handsome i gotta knowledgeable, say knowledgeable and all that stuff
2: if if we want to paint a picture here uh if if you want to see a happy Bill wolf look at this man sitting next to fran duffy during practices he is uh, Bo is that he's, this is like,
1: you know, that's, that is true, but it is also just like, I love, I love senior ball practice being yeah, there with you, Tony Pauline behind me somewhere. And, you know, knowing that, uh, all the, the draft slappies of years past are, are in my mind. It's, it's an, it's a fun trip down, down memory lane.
2: Yeah. If you're a, you're a big senior pole guy.
1: I like a senior ball. I miss a shrine game. Yes. I love do. a shrine game.
2: Yes, 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 yes you do. I I I think like the more high profile of the event, the less like the less you're like you uh, by the time you get to the combine, 100%. You know, you, you're like the guy who discovered these people before they were famous, right? So so 100%. you're like looking around, you're like where were you in mobile, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's too many people here.
2: What qualifies as too many people?
1: Um, More than I want.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: So, yeah, we've got a full uh, full slate of Birds with Friends for you this week. Uh, some dicey internet, so we're not going to do any live video. We'll, it'll be all uh, audio for your ears. But presumably you know that by now since you're like, I don't know, 70 minutes into this episode, depending on how long we record with S.H.I.E.L.D. So, you know, enjoy. How's the family, Zach?
2: Uh, family's doing well. I, I miss them,
1: you know, <laughs> so you know, do I, but uh, you miss my family or you miss, I miss your family? family. It's like the, uh, like the, the great, uh, line in major league, uh, how's my wife and uh, your kids or
2: how's your, uh, wife, yes, and my, yes, how's yes. your wife and my kids. Yes. 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 Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I miss them, but I also got to say, like, I, I missed this. Like I, I missed being in person and, talking to people and watching football and catching up with people. And so it's, uh, it's nice to be here as opposed to, you know, everything via zoom and, and just kind of on the phone all day. Are you a
1: guy who says, if someone says good to see you, do you say good to be seen?
2: I don't say that. I'm actually, I'm usually the guy who says good to see you. Mm. Right. Like that's 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 the hey, 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 great to see you. I, 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 I think if I ever
1: say that, I'm like, I'm like, why did I say that? I can't believe I just said that again? I'm like, more of a great to see you than a good to see you. Of course you are. <laughs> and then, uh
2: yeah. Hey, great to see you.
1: Who would you say you were not happy to see?
2: Who am I not happy to see? Yeah. Um, Who's
1: someone that if they showed up, you'd, you would not be happy to see them?
2: Trying to think here. Uh, the tax man, am I right? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. If if, if the uh, if the IRS comes, I I, I gotta mm. I gotta think I wouldn't want to see that. But no, uh, I I don't know. Um, I'm,
3: yeah. Name one.
2: Name one person in the world that you don't like. That I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, there's redeeming qualities for everybody. Number one. That's I'm, not you know, true. Yeah, like you can. Th- I don't know. I'm I, I'm look, there's there's people who from afar I, I might not like, but I don't know them. So it's hard for me. But yeah, like any look, I, I take this back. Any dictator I don't like. Right. Oh, like well, that's any, what I mean. Yeah. OK, there you go. So Any dictator? <laughs> no, you, you know what I mean, right? Even like, the most successful the, people that I know. Uh, yeah, there's redeeming, of the people that I know, there's usually redeeming qualities. And if I, if there's someone I dislike. So I can't I even get you
1: to go on the record as saying there's one person in the world you don't like.
2: Well, I wouldn't say it on the podcast. What, what, what does that accomplish? Seriously. I think what it gives people a,
1: a peek into your personality. Who's like to know that there's someone that you're willing to say you don't like.
2: Uh, no.
1: Um, I mean, you could name a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Uh, uh, Hitler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A good answer.
1: I mean, if you can't if you can't go on the record as being anti Hitler, then we got some problems.
2: Do we need to cut this from the pot or is this?
1: I think that's okay. Okay. I don't think it, I don't think it's controversial to say that you don't like Hitler.
2: I, I don't know why this is a conversation here. Seriously, let's let's say let's just go with uh, you know we love our audience and we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>
1: I feel like that's going to be a good a good surprise for the people who stayed till the end of the episode. That's good. All right. Uh, well, Zach, we will be back uh, tomorrow after another day of uh, senior ball practice. Some uh, potential weather uh, that could be coming our way, which might affect the quality of the practice, but um, presumably we'll still podcast. And then we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk on Thursday. So, uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Sheila for joining us uh, later, even though it's still to come for us in this current second that we're talking. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. So for Sheil, Zach, Marissa, Kenny Pickett, and Elijah,
3: I'm Bo, and as always, we love you.